Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what's up this your boy little duval and check out my podcast conversations with unk on the black effect podcast network each and every tuesday conversations with unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness unlike my work on stage i tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh every tuesday listen to conversation with unk hosted by Lil duval on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Yes, living the dream once again on a fabulous Saturday. This is Fox Sports Saturday. Hartman and Schwartz with you from the Fox Sports Radio studios. Oh, it's a good time. Oh, it's a good time right now. We got the All-Star break coming up. We got the Open Championship heading into the final round tomorrow. Plenty of NBA news with the Summer League and all kinds of trade talks. But more than anything else, Jeff, next week, rookies are beginning to report around the National Football League. Yes, training camps are ready to open. And with all due respect to all other sports out there, Jeff, all other sports, the fact that football season is knocking on the door is a good feeling for me. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm a former NFL football player whose <laughs> job it is to cover football. Uh, I cannot be more excited for this to happen. However, it's, it, it was interesting. I was last weekend, um, I was at this offensive line seminar, as we talked about a little bit, and we were talking about kind of the differences between training camp now and then. Um, and you start the show a little bit with this flavor as well. But it's a much different feeling now to me, like training camp. So, you know, you used to be full pads. I know that your Steve, your day when you were oh, my age, yeah. you, you started, you would start July 1st. But just kind of the current era, we started at the same time they start now. But the first day was full pads. And it was like full go from the beginning. And in the first day, you got that action. You got peak, you know, we had crowds. I don't know how much uh, crowds are allowed so much anymore now with COVID. Obviously, it's lessened now, but I don't know if people are, or teams are back to letting fans in full capacity. At least the media gets to walk all of it but look as the media got less access over the last couple of years it feels like that access is still not given totally back quite yet i think they're doing locker room interviews again this season so maybe we're moving in that direction back to more access but you got this like, a lot of videos and and write-ups and now because the first day of training camp is like a walkthrough and i feel like you, you i'm excited 
but I'm not going to get that flavor for football until we get about a weekend when we get some actual videos of one-on-ones happening and, and pads colliding and, 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 and loud noises. So I'm excited, but I can't wait to get that first full padded video. Well, it's interesting because going back to uh, when I worked for the Raiders in the 80s, I didn't go up to training camp much because I had a lot of work to get ready for the season back in our offices in El Segundo. We had opened up a new training camp up in the Oxnard area at that time. Uh, but when I started in radio in the early 90s, I was on the Chargers flagship station and yeah you know first week of july we're out at uc san diego doing our broadcast every single day from training camp you have the crowds out there i mean it was endless i mean we're talking about the beginning of july all the way until you know the beginning of august when you start the preseason games and then by the middle of august they would finally start breaking up camp so it's a much different situation now but it's still the nfl the season is here and there's all this talk and what's interesting to me about this offseason is just how many big names have changed i mean think of i mean the quarterbacks always get the spotlight Jeff but how about wide receivers this year yeah I mean we had you know I mean Devontae Adams is now a Raider uh, yeah. Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin Amari Cooper said bye-bye to Dallas so we've got these wide receivers it's suddenly become Amari. that hot yeah forget that you know the, the, this is a this is an era suddenly and, and this always you know there's constant waves in the NFL what's hot what's not but it seems like there's a big spotlight on wide receivers right now and like, let me let me just start with those right there. And I'm gonna we got a lot to do today in a very short amount of time. But let me just start this. When we talk about Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, two of the absolute elite wide receivers in the league, in both their cases, I want you to break this down. Does Miami gain more than Kansas City loses with Tyreek Hill? Do the Raiders gain more? Then the Packers lose in Devontae Adams. Who's going to feel the bigger effect? The teams that gave up those receivers or the teams that acquired those receivers? Um, the the teams that let them go have Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yes. So they're probably not going to feel the same, you know, kind of pain if it was another place that had a wide receiver leave. Um, and weren't able to have that quarterback make it still happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as what to gain, I mean, look, I, I read an article this week about the you know the Dolphins and you know Mike McDaniel, their coach, um, is is not a deep threat guy, right? Like he's a short pass. It's a Shanahan offense, play action pass, which again could get Tyreek Hill in those open situations. But he doesn't have Pat Mahomes. As much as he wants to sell that Tua's more accurate and, and Tua's this and that, it's not Pat Mahomes. And I don't expect him to have quite the same season he's been having as really the number one wide receiving option, you know, outside of Travis Kelsey, because you know, Jalen Waddle is is there in Miami as well. He'll be a guy who's heavily targeted. Tyreek Hill was the wide receiver for four years. You know, they had Sammy Watkins. I was always hurt. He played great in the twenty nineteen postseason, but kind of unreliable, right? Robinson, Nicole Hardman, like how reliable are these guys? Haven't been as reliable, um, and so Miami might have you know guys that kind of eat up some of his so, so, uh, some of his catches. You go to to Vegas as well. Um, I think that the 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 Packers and Chiefs will be fine offensively, um, and if it gets in your equation, they'll be they'll end up better in the end. I think the Chiefs, man, it's interesting. 
they had a uh, the franchise tag um, date just came and went yesterday, right? July fifteenth, and it basically, if you're franchise tagged, you have until July fifteenth to work out a new contract. Otherwise, you can't do one until after the season. And uh, a, a couple got done, a couple didn't. But the Chiefs did not franchise. T- excuse me, did not extend Orlando Brown, the left tackle who they traded for last year. And really, a, 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 it was a a poor trade. But I like that they did not extend him. Now they've drawn a, a line in the sand. We're not paying guys more than we want to. Tyreek Hill, you know what? We want to give you X amount of money. If you don't want it, okay, go somewhere else. Orlando Brown, we're going to give you X amount of money. It was a good deal. It wasn't structured how Brown wanted it, so I get him passing on it. Um, but like, they're like, look, we're going to give you this amount of money. If you don't want it, okay, we'll find a solution. And that, to me, signals the Chiefs understand where they're at, and they're going to be just fine. Like, they're going to be fine. They, 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 they're going to be fine, everyone. They have a plan. They're going forward with that plan. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine. He was fine without Devontae Adams. The offense is still going to roll. They're going to score a ton of points. You have an MVP quarterback, just two straight MVPs. They're going to be fine. And I think the, the, the gain for Miami and for Vegas – won't be as much as people think. All right. Well, I guess one of the reasons a lot of people, including yours truly, uh, are looking, especially at the Miami situation with Tua, is what happened with Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen, when he went to Buffalo, we're like, okay, he has a quarterback that's under 60%. He was a 59% passer. One year in, he's a 69% passer. Now, you could say, well, maybe it was coincidence. Maybe it was just the fact that, you know, Josh Allen suddenly hit his stride at the time that Diggs arrived. I'm going to guess Diggs had a part in that, maybe a big part in the fact that all of a sudden Josh Allen became a far more efficient passer overnight. So that's potentially it could happen again with Tua and Tyree Kill in Miami. We know that Tua has talent. The bigger question to me with Tua has been just, you know, is can he hold up, you know, over a season? He's not the biggest quarterback out there. But I think the dig situation in Buffalo got some eyes open like, wow, maybe a wide receiver can have a major impact in upgrading the level of play, especially for a young quarterback. All right, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, but you know, a little different concerns for both guys. Like Josh Allen was an overthrower, right? Just kind of overthrow. And he needed someone with speed. I also think it's very fair, um, you know, to to point the direction at, at you know the offensive scheme and how they helped Josh Allen out with the offense, which they did a great. All everyone deserves credit. Josh Allen, Jordan Palmer helped him out. Adding Stephon Diggs, building around him, and all the empty stuff they did. But I just don't know if Tyree Kill quote-unquote, fixes the issues that Tua has, right? Like, he makes him a, does he make him a better downfield passer? Does he make his arm stro- as strong as other arms in the AFC conference? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, now, does he help him do what he does well better? Yes, right? It'll help him short intermediate, catch the ball, boom, get on the run. Um, but do you think, okay, let's just do this, Steve. If the Dolphins were going to win eight games this season without Tyreek Hill. How many do they win now with, with Tyreek Hill? Well, it's a tough call for me because of that division. Now, the Jets obviously still have a long way to go, but the Bills are a legitimate 13-win team. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm penciling I, in the I, Bills I, for 13 I have, wins. I have them as one of my favorite um, over-unders as they're over for this year, yes. The bigger question to me in the AFC East is who's better, the Dolphins or the Patriots? Obviously, Mac Jones had a nice rookie season, and maybe in some ways they had a surprise year. I still believe Miami is – 
uh, is a better team. And you mentioned Mike McDaniel. I mean, I don't know. What, is this guy a mad scientist? How much credit should he get for what happened in San Francisco? Could he work that magic as a first-time head coach of Miami? There's a lot of unknown factors there. I mean, Tua Tungavailoa, getting back to the presence of a Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill... You, and you know this because of your association indirectly yeah. with the Chiefs. He is a guy that every single defense that prepares against the team that has Tyreek Hill, you have to start with Tyreek Hill. All right, what are we going to – what's oh, yeah. our game plan? And that changes so much of the dynamic for every team. So I think Miami is capable – if all things happen well, not only to make the playoffs, but they could they could be yeah. a big breakout team this year in the NFL. But there's still a lot of unknown out there. But I I think the Tyreek Hill presence of Miami yeah. is huge for that <laughs> team. Now you still have to take advantage of yeah. it, but it's huge. It's a huge opportunity. Let's put it that way. I I. Uh... I love this conversation because this is what makes the NFL better than any other sport. It's the hope, right? Mm -hmm. You just mentioned if everything goes right, sure. boom, yeah. playoff team. Like how many we, – we're baseball fans. We're basketball fans. I, I'm not so much a hockey fan, but I, I, I watch playoff hockey. Like college football as well. How many – teams can we say at the start of the season you know if things go well they're a playoff team if this had it's only the nfl right it's only the nfl where the Bengals come out of nowhere and make that and make the finals right uh, see the finals the super bowl they're right the rams kind of not out of nowhere but you add a new quarterback in you know they, they weren't a favor to to make it and like every year you feel like outside of maybe six teams this year if things go you know if, if you're a giants fan right if, if brian dable comes in it gets daniel jones to play a little bit better boom we're a nine win team i'm here in carolina baker mayfield comes in here he's average a little you know he's, we, we get 2020 2020 baker mayfield boom we're a nine win team we're in the playoffs like there's this there's this hope the nfl brings because each year feels like a brand new season and things can break your way. This is why we like the NFL so much, is because it gives us the hope that that things can happen. We've seen how many times have we seen, and that's been hasn't happened lately. But you know, a team just like oh, well, it actually happened two years ago, Tampa Bay, right? Just gets hot. A team just gets hot at the end of the year. How often does it happen in the NBA or baseball, where a team just gets hot and wins the World Series? It doesn't happen in baseball. When teams get there, the better team typically wins. So I think this is why the NFL is so beloved because every team outside of maybe five, six, seven have true hope that if things go well, they can win a Super Bowl. If you had bet on the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl preseason at this time a year ago, what you're were the odds? You're just a Bengals fan. I don't know, but you're just a plus uh, 12,000, 14,000. Right. Okay, like, so you're my, just a Bengals fan. All right, so here, here's the deal. <laughs> on the other side, just pick up, pick up where we're talking right now. We'll find those teams for I you? Want, I want you to uh, think about this because – Every single year, and I looked this up over the last, let's say, 10 years or so, at least two, most of the times, more than two teams that made the playoffs one year will not make the playoffs the next year. Conversely, teams that did make the playoffs will make the playoffs. So when you look at the 14 teams that made the playoffs in 2021, Jeff, I want you to pick out two teams that made the playoffs that won't be in the playoffs and replace them with two teams that missed the playoffs a year ago that will be in the playoffs. You got it. We'll break that down coming up next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harvey, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday, 365 days in a year, 366 in a leap year. It's only two days in the entire year, Jeff in which there is not an NFL, MLB, NBA, or NHL game. Only two out of 365 days. It's the day before the baseball All-Star game and the day after the baseball All-Star game. However, there wait, are... Wait, 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 wait. The Home Run Derby doesn't count the Futures game? No, that's no game. No, no, those are exhibitions. But anyway, um, but so no, the, games, so no games in Major League Baseball, <laughs> NFL, NBA, yeah. NHL, only two days of the year. However, there isn't a single day of the year that we can't talk NFL, which is what we're taking advantage of today. Uh, we got other things we'll get to, but we're already digging into the National Football League and looking ahead to this 2022 season. What are we, three weeks away from the Hall of Fame game? So uh, we're yeah. getting very, very close Crazy. to the start of another season in the NFL. So before the break, I asked you, Jeff, to to think about this. All right. And, and by the way, over several years, that's two to three teams each year that make the playoffs one year in each conference, actually. But each year uh, do not make the playoffs from the year yeah. before and are replaced by other teams. So I'm going to remind everyone again, the teams that made the playoffs a year ago. So in the AFC last year, your division winners were the Bills, the Bengals, the Titans, and the Chiefs. And the wild card teams were, wow, the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Raiders. This one's this, this conference is very easy to, to do. Uh, and then in the NFC, the division winners were the Cowboys, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams. And your wild card teams were the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Eagles. So do you want to go in two in each conference? Let's do sure. it that way. All right. So let's let's let's, let's start with the, the tougher conference, which would be the NFC, because the AFC is yeah. really wide open. I agree with you. All right. So Cowboys, Packers, Bucks, Rams won the division title, Cards, 49ers, and yeah. Eagles <clears throat> missed the playoffs or made the playoffs. So of those seven teams, give me two that are most likely not to make the playoffs in twenty twenty two. 
Well, I think it's got to look at the NFC West, right? You look at, at the at the Niners, if they have to play Trey Lance, right, mm-hmm. for a long period of time, and the Cardinals, who just I just refuse to believe in with the, with the way they finish seasons, right? Um, but the, the, the thing that is tough is finding the two teams yes. that replace them. I think one is the Panthers can replace the Niners in the wild card round, uh, or Cardinals, either or. They're both wild card teams. Finding the second team, you know, you, you could turn toward whoa, the Vikings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But Slow down a second. You hmm. said the Panthers? Yeah, we talked about it. If Baker Mayfield. Wow. Is, Interesting. If, if Baker Mayfield is healthy, mm-hmm. the Panthers could win eight to nine to ten games, I think. Well, they need a healthy McCaffrey, obviously. What's his status? Are you are you convinced Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy for a season? Um, I'm not terribly convinced he can, but I don't know in the end if that's the difference between them winning and losing. Like, I just think right. the difference between them winning and losing is actually um, is just Baker Mayfield being better than any quarterback they've had recently. Okay. So the Panthers feel like that team to me. The, okay, now the second team is interesting because um, you could go the Vikings, right? They were 8-9 last year, first-year head coach and Kevin O'Connell. Interesting, right? First-year coach. I'm not quite sure that that's a, a path I, I want to go there. Um, I mentioned the Giants. I just feel that that's too steep, right? So most often a new coach, you know, brings you, you know, yeah, five, six, seven wins in a, in a first year, maybe, maybe less. The Giants going four, four and thirteen to ten and seven feels a little bit rich for me. Um, but I don't have. A, I, get, I mean, the Saints. I guess if Jameis Winston plays well, I, new coach is well there. I, well, I don't see multiple. All right. Okay. I, I, I let me jump in for a second here. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. A hundred percent. I agree with you. I, I, as far as the teams that could miss. All right. If I were to pick a second team that didn't make the playoffs, that'll make the playoffs this year. Number. I. You know. The. I don't. Your Panthers pick. Boy, that's a that's a steep climb. Okay. Love that. Are we are we so are here, we ignoring the Washington Commanders here? I mean, the Commanders went into last season being hyped up as one of the better defensive teams in this league, right? And they got off to a slow start. We covered plenty of this a year ago. Then they started picking up a little bit of steam. I know it's Carson Wentz, but I, I'm not so sure a team that won that division a couple of years ago, I know it was a losing record, uh, couldn't make the leap back up. Because you know me, I love the Eagles in the yeah. NFC East. Yes, I mean, we haven't had back-to-back division winners in that division since 2004. I really stats. love the Eagles uh, to win the NFC East this year. But the Vikings, to me, are is another team that you mentioned them, uh, that at 8-9, and nine, could they win a couple of more games? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could. Yeah, but the, the the issue there for me is again, I just don't know what I'm getting in a first year coach who hasn't been a head what, coach. What do you think really... of the Saints? Uh, you know, obviously well, they're uh... they're they're a team in transition. Uh, they were a nine and eight team a year ago. I mean, do we have a, a Michael Thomas update? Anybody? Is there a Michael Thomas update out there? I, I just there's there's not right now. And also, again, I just I don't know what Dennis Allen's going to be. I don't know what I just don't know. I I don't know what they're going to be. All right. So, so the teams that we agree on the NFC that have no shot at the playoffs this year would be the Giants, the Lions, the Seahawks. Yes. Any other teams that you can say definitely will not make the playoffs this year? Um, 
So I mentioned the Giants, the Lions, and the Seahawks. The Bears are not making the playoffs. Bears are not making the no. playoffs. All right. No. All right. Um, the Falcons, Falcons have a chance. No Falcons. No Falcons. Mariota, I mean, they're just trying to ride this year out before they could draft a quarterback next year. Um, Is there a possibility okay. the Cowboys don't make the playoffs this year? I don't think so. I, they're too talented not to. Now, are they going to win anything? No. Yeah. Okay, very quickly on, on Washington. So, um, I have a rule on my podcast. It's called Josh Ward is smarter than you. Yeah. That basically says that we don't talk about Carson Wentz because <laughs> it's just it's just pointless. It's just point like there's there's not you just get it's blah, right? Like he can be good. He hasn't been in years. Every time you get excited, he's good again. He doesn't. He's not. I don't not. I don't know what about Washington changes what happened at the end of Philadelphia and the end of India. Last year he went to the Colts and the and remember. The 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 reason why he went there was close to the coach, right? To Frank Wright. Right. Spiritually fits along with Frank Reich and Chris Ballard and kind of the Colts organization. And they were going to get him right. And after one year, they said, nah, we made a mistake. You're out of here. I don't know why now it's going to be better in Washington. Well, and again, he had them on path until those last two disasters uh, against his the job Raiders. To finish, his job is to finish it. His job is to get and there. Exactly, and he didn't. Uh, so, all right, so a little bit of a consensus there. But the big story out of that conversation was you liked the Panthers, who were 5-12 and 12 a year ago, with Baker Mayfield to leap all the way uh, into the playoffs. All right, we'll get to the AFC on the other side. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Let's find out what's trending right now. Monsi's in the house. And um, by the way, Jeff, if you don't know this, Monsi, she's a trooper. She's about to have a... uh, a major procedure done that could in some way inhibit the glorious vocal pipes that she has going on right now because the mouth may not be moving. She's talking about getting all four wisdom teeth pulled out simultaneously, which uh, is something I did when I was much older than you, Monsi. Uh, uh, and I survived that. So I'm, I know. Listen, everyone does it, but I'm such a baby. I absolutely hate the dentist more than anything. Like, I'll go to the doctor, no problem. Poke me, do whatever you need. I don't care at the doctor. The dentist is, is like... Well, it's, a, it's a weird discussion. Your, your, your mouth is open. They're talking to you. You're supposed to be like, oh, and you're like, oh no, I'm going to be out. It's just, no, no, I know no. you're out for that, but just until the dentist is an odd thing. Like, it's Oh, I hate it. Well, Jeff, so wait a much. second, Jeff. Did you get your wisdom teeth pulled young? Are they still in? Where are your wisdom uh, teeth? Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I have. I think I think they're all in still. Still in. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh yeah. And and I I, I should have done this years ago. I actually said, Mom, why didn't you take them out when you put the braces on me when I was thirteen? Yeah. And she was like, We didn't have money. And I was like, Darn, <laughs> darn. Okay, good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Okay. So oh, now I'm stuck. Believe me, when I got it done, I was like in my mid forties, and I was like, What am I doing? Uh, uh, yeah. But my teeth were starting to get crowded. All the money I'd spent on braces as a kid seemed to evaporate. So I was like, Let's get it done. You're smart though. Get them yeah. all out at once. I'm One doing time. it all. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in pain, so I think it's time to do it. All right. 
right. been well, pushing off for that. years. Yeah. Uh, all right. A lot of baseball going on right now. The Twins are beating the White Sox 6-1. to one. It's only the fifth inning. They had a couple of home runs, so they're up a little bit by Carlos Correa and Jorge Polanco. That's why they're up. The Cardinals and the Reds going at it. Cardinals are up 7-1. Paul Goldschmidt hit his 20th homer of the season in this game, only the seventh inning. The Mets and the Cubs were scoreless through like four innings. Now they are tied at one apiece in the seventh inning. Of course, Pete Alonso was the one who put the Mets on the scoreboard with an RBI double in that fourth inning. The Royals are beating the Blue Jays 3-1, to one, also the fourth inning, while the Rays just got on the scoreboard to have an edge on the Orioles 1-0. It's only the bottom of the first. Guardians also up on the Tigers 3-0, only the bottom of the first. But the big story in Major League Baseball is Juan Soto, who rejected a 15-year, $440 million offer from the Washington Nationals. It would have been the largest contract in baseball history. They are open to trade offers, even though a month ago, President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Mike Rizzo said that the team was not going to move the 23-year-old star. Now they're willing to, and the trade deadline is set for August 2nd. I don't know how you reject that kind of money. Maybe he's going to go play at Live Golf. I don't know, but that's ridiculous. We're going to see what happens. Maybe he really just does not want to be yeah. in Washington anymore. And round three of the 150th British Open Championship has come to an end. And we actually have a tie at the top of the leaderboard between Victor Hovland and Rory McIlroy. They are 16 under par. So they are going to tee off at 6.50 a.m. our time tomorrow morning. Back to you guys. Monsi, I feel like you're being brave, calling it what we used to call it for years, which is the British Open. Somehow it's not, it's taboo to say. I, so I, I it became, that it like became last the year, Open Championship. Like suddenly it's, what happened to the British Open? I, I, it was U.S. I, Open, British Open. Then they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. It's the it. Open Championship. Like, oh. no, it's the British yeah, Open. Yeah, it used to be the British Open. When did they make that change? I have you, no idea. I was ago? thinking about that this morning. I'm like, it's been really about the last 10 years that suddenly the British Open's dropped. Like, you know, the network coverage of the Open Championship dropped. Because for years it was the British Open, right? It says here that, uh, I don't know, since 2007 it was it was dropped. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. Yeah. Let me tell you, I definitely, in stuff that I read, it's still being used in articles. Interesting, because I, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, we have the yeah. U.S. Open and there's the British Open. But they're like, no, 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 we were the first. So we're the Open champion. Oh, that's the reason behind it? Apparently that makes so. I guess so. I guess so. All right, Monty, we'll talk to you a little bit Sounds later good. on. All right, we are making predictions right now. Because that's what we like to do. We want to be on the record long before anyone else. And we're talking about the upcoming NFL season. From a year ago, two teams in each conference that made the playoffs last year that won't be in the playoffs this year and which two teams replaced them. Let's go back to the uh, AFC a year ago. Uh, your division winners were the Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans, and the Kansas City Chiefs. And your wild cards were the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Raiders. By the way, I was looking up this stat. This was a mind-blowing stat before we get our predictions in here. Point differential. That's sort of a big stat at the end of the year. Like, yeah. you know, point differential. Number one in the NFL last year was the Buffalo Bills. They're plus 194. Number two in the entire NFL was the Dallas Cowboys at plus 172. That was, N- a, But they had like three weird games where they blew teams out. Like, like how about this? <laughs> Number three, the New England Patriots. 
Yeah. At ten and seven, we're a plus one fifty nine. Yeah. To put that number in perspective, the Chiefs are only a plus one sixteen. The Rams last year a plus eighty eight, but the Patriots were a plus one fifty nine yeah. a year ago. The third highest uh, point differential in the entire NFL. So I just wanted to throw that stat out there because uh, on the surface I'm thinking, well, the Patriots might be one of those teams that take a step back. All right, so those seven teams, Bills, yeah. Bengals, Titans, Chiefs, Wild Cards, Patriots, Steelers, and Raiders, name two teams that will not be in the playoffs this season. For the AFC, is, is pretty easy for me. Um, no Pittsburgh and, and no Las Vegas. Wow. So Look at Danny. Feels, Danny just walked easy. out of the room. Knew that was coming he before goes, the commercials he's even like, started. Wait, wait, and, like they get Devontae Adams and, and I think out? there's a chance. And I think there's a chance we'll see no – we could see no Tennessee as well. Wow. Um, wow. So we'll – All right, well, they, they give me three teams. They're going to replace those three. Okay, well, uh, Baltimore's going to win the AFC North. So that's the team that will be in the playoffs. Um, the Chargers – I, they don't make it now. They're never making the playoffs. Sorry. I mean, like, come on, seriously. And then they are I, the, the Chargers. They made the playoffs uh, I know. twice since two thousand nine. I, I know. And the Colts. The Colts will make the play. They'll win. They'll win the South. I think with uh, just a steady quarterback play from Matt Ryan. They're not a Super Bowl contender with Matt Ryan, but they're going to have steady play. I just think the Tennessee is going to take a little bit of a step back. O line not as good. Ryan Tannehill kind of. Yeah, just kind of slipping off a little bit. And plus, I think the division will be better. I think Jacksonville will be better. The Houston will be better. Um, so uh, that's that's where we're at. That feels simple to me. That those are the teams that uh, I'd replace: um, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, yeah. and um, and uh, the Raiders. But now the, the Patriots. Um, they they might you know the Broncos could replace them. I mean it's you know it's possible. I, I um, love you know you know I I got to know you pretty well. Broncos. First of all, you just spit on Miami. I mean they were a nine and eight team a year ago, one game behind the Patriots. They just added Tyreek Hill, uh, and I think an upgraded head coach as well. Certainly from an offensive standpoint. And you're just ignoring Miami. I mean, Denver? Miami's a better team than Denver. I'm sorry. Russell Wilson, to me, is not going to have that kind of impact, especially in that division. The Raiders are a better team than the Denver Broncos with the addition of Devontae Adams. I could not disagree with you more on this division. The AFC North is by far the most intriguing division because this whole division could flip. Although everyone that I keep talking to is saying, why would you think the Bengals would take a step back? Uh, the Bengals, oh, if anything, I, should take a step why? forward. Okay, go ahead. Um, so there's 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 a couple of things here that I think are, are are important to why they might take a step back. Um, one is that the loser of the Super Bowl year over year, if you're not Tom Brady, has a hangover. It's just kind of the the way it, it's been. I, I and the reasons why I think it can be explained a couple reasons. One, um, you know, you have a long season and. You get to a point where you hope you're going to win and you don't, and that kind of is soul crushing, and it's hard to get back to the same level. I think there's also a bit of, and a lot of times the loser of that Super Bowl can be a one off team, you know, yep. like the Falcons, right? And Panthers. And, 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 and the Panthers and the Bengals. And yeah. you think to yourself, we'll just do the same thing we did last year because it worked for us. Well, you have to evolve and adapt every year, right? You have to, you have to do all that. Another reason, obviously, the players just hear their praises, right? They hear all season long, all season, how great they are, blah, blah. The Bengals, do we think differently about them if they lose their first playoff game? They won three straight playoff games on the last play of the game, right? So do we think differently if they lose one of those games and don't make the Super Bowl? Like, probably, right? But now the praise, praise all offseason. And lastly, is that when you're a big dog, teams spend all offseason preparing for you. 
Like, do you think that that there that that a team is showing the same sort of level of commitment to watching the Houston Texans in the offseason as the Bengals? No, they're studying the Bengals the entire offseason. And so those are, I think, the reasons why the Bengals might take a step back. They might not, but it wouldn't surprise me if the, if the Baltimore Ravens won that division at all. I, I don't really... We're sleeping on the Ravens, in my opinion. I, they were they had eight wins last year before Lamar got hurt, and that includes having half their team hurt as well. Uh, they're a good football team. I agree, but I I don't think it's etched in stone. The Ravens. Most people are thinking they're going to bounce back, right? They lost their last six in a row. They went from eight and three, finished eight and nine. But even before he got hurt, Lamar Jackson's numbers were passing wise. I mean, he's in a free fall over the well, last three tried, years. They, they just need to go back to what they do and, best, and they just lost just, their top receiver yeah. that he wanted to keep. Um no, I, I, I I just I, I look at the Ravens to me, I mean, we could we could go all day. The AFC, like you said, this this is a very intriguing AFC. A lot of I look, I agree with this the Steelers, unless here here's the this is the other thing about the Steelers, right? They made the playoffs last year, and you and I would agree this. Ben Roethlisberger was a shadow of his former yeah, self. He, he could barely throw the ball down the field. Mitchell Trubisky to me, is a very intriguing fly-under-the-radar guy. I still have no idea why the Bears gave up on this guy. I have no idea. He won 12 games as a starting quarterback a couple of years ago. He won a lot more games than he lost in Chicago. He's still a young quarterback. He was the second overall pick in the draft just a few years ago. That, to me, is a potential upgrade at quarterback for the Steelers. And I have trust in Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season in his entire NFL coaching career. All right, we'll do a little bit more of this on the other side because we're already getting ready for 2022, folks, in the NFL. we got training camps opening next week. Love it. And I want to get more into some of these teams that could surprise. Also, I want to get into some of the quarterbacks because every year we see this. Remember Josh Allen a couple years ago? No one could have predicted he'd go from a – 59% 59% passer to a 69% passer. Who could have predicted that Mac Jones would have the rookie season that he had? Who will be the surprise quarterbacks, both in a positive and negative sense in 2022? We'll tell you coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. Yeah, we're getting an early jump on the 2022 NFL season. Rookies reporting for, I believe it's the Raiders and the Bills on Monday. By the end of the week, most of them have arrived. And then after that, we are full-blown into training camps around the National Football League. So we're looking at 
teams and now some quarterbacks that could surprise in 2022. Those that will take that big step up. Conversely, those that will take a step back. All right, so we'll agree to disagree on some of our choices as far as teams that will rise and fall in 2022. Let's talk about quarterback. I'm going to jump in very quickly here. I'm I'm going to, again, reiterate what I was talking about earlier with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mitchell Trubisky. So Mitchell Trubisky, of course, last year sat on the bench at Buffalo, obviously with Josh Allen, barely got into any games at all. It was like a year off to sort of clear his head after what happened in Chicago. His last three seasons in Chicago, as a starting quarterback, he was 25-13, and completing about 65% of his passes. Uh, and I'm adding up 57 touchdowns and 30 interceptions, almost a two-to-one ratio. In other words, the numbers were pretty respectable. Uh, and for whatever reason, the Bears decided to turn the page. They hand the ball to Justin yeah. Fields. Good luck with that. I think having sat in Buffalo, which is not a bad place to sit, right? In other words, you're part of a winning football atmosphere out there. Uh, and Dable was there. I mean, he's he's gotten some positive input. I think he could be the biggest surprise quarterback in this league uh, in Pittsburgh. It's a stable situation in Pittsburgh. They have a veteran coach out there. They have some pretty good weapons in place. I think there's one quarterback that tops my list that could be the surprise of 2022. I'm not predicting Super Bowl, but I think Mitchell Trubisky's comeback is going to be a big story in the NFL this year. Are you sure he's starting? Like, he's going to start this year over, over Kenny Pickett? Over Kenny Pickett, yeah. Wearing gloves on both hands. Pickett will not start as a rookie. They'll start Trubisky. Okay, so that obviously is a qualifying factor here. Um, does 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 uh, Trevor Lawrence count as a surprise in year two if he gets better? Like, well, I, just... I mean, the question is, does he go from being uh, a rookie quarterback? Oh, like, do you think he makes the kind of leap we saw from year one to year two of, let's say, uh, Peyton Manning? I'm not sure that much, um, but I think he makes a huge jump under a much stable staff and Doug Peterson, who did a fabulous job sure. with Carson Wentz. And obviously, we've seen what Carson Wentz has been without Doug Peterson. So, to me, that I think I think Jacksonville again. The team is they're retooling the team, but that to me feels like a guy that makes a huge jump in in year two. Um, and you know, I. I I know Mac Jones is the best shape of his life. Yes, um, but, that's always a big announcement. Well, yeah. that's how you know the football's close or any sport, right? Like, you know, well, you know, what's uh, his ceiling? Uh, I guess that would be the question I, on Mac just, Jones. Well, they also don't have an offensive coordinator right now. Like, they don't have anyone to call. Like, you're talking about Matt Patricia and and Joe Judge being the offensive play caller. Like, he doesn't have a play caller right now. So, to me, um, it is it is Trevor Lawrence. I will give you one. It's not an outlier, but um, it's not really a guy that I think. People expect to make this big of a jump, but if Jalen Hurts can become, oh, I'm like, with you, Jalen Hurts. I, I, but I'm, I'm not. I think Jalen Hurts is what he is. But if he takes this game to the next level, the Eagles are really talented. Well, let me ask you and, this: Did yeah. you ever think Lamar Jackson would get to the level he got uh, in that MVP season? From throwing uh, the football standpoint, did you envision that kind of Lamar Jackson? No, I didn't. Right, I, I don't think, but I don't think Jalen Hurts is, is Lamar Jackson. So well, I, I he's mean, not as talented a runner. He, does, you know, Lamar Jackson. I don't think he's as good thing. a passer either. But 
I don't know. He came from big-time programs. I mean, he threw the ball a lot, yeah, uh, certainly Oklahoma, in they Oklahoma. They ran the ball a ton with him at Oklahoma. Um, as far <laughs> as uh, guys that I think could be on the I, – I, I am just not convinced about Russell J- Wilson. Jalen Hurts, by the way, had yeah. – you know he had a 99-yard rushing drive against UCLA in the Rose Bowl? Because mm-hmm. they went backwards a couple plays <laughs> on a sack and he ended up making up the difference yeah. in a rush. He rushed for 99 yards on one drive at the Rose Bowl. Cool. Um, I'm not sold on Wilson either. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of the issues for him um, come from him in Seattle. Um, you know, he just at times, um, you know, held the ball too long, wasn't in the ri- in in rhythm in the offense. I want to see him do all these things much better in Denver before I decide he's going to be really good. Um, that is a question mark I have. Well, what about Trey Lance? Trey Lance to me is no, the biggest not, question. And we're going to get a little more into this on the other side I'm because not, obviously uh, the 49 quarterback situation, they, look, Vegas has already posted odds over under 21 and a half touchdown passes for Trey Lance. You can bet on it right now. Yeah, I would, I would, I just stay away from all Lance props. I mean, I mean, right I mean, we, we don't, hear a lot of positive things about Trey Lance, but obviously if ultimately they do deal Jimmy G, uh, he's the guy and he's going to have weapons around him. All right, coming up in the next hour, we've got a lot of things we want to cover. We'll get more NFL news. Also, we got to get the the latest on the changing landscape uh, of college football and now a state governor is attacking one of the schools that's leaving the state, uh, at least in his uh, terms. Uh, We'll get to all that, plus an update on Tiger Woods' future, coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rolling on on another fabulous Saturday in the sports world. And yes, it's going to get a whole lot better with the turn of football over the next few weeks. Can't wait for that. A lot of things happening. Getting ready for the All-Star break in baseball. We also have the Open Championship. Final round will be tomorrow. I want to get to this story uh, as we open up this hour here, Jeff, and that is the whole Tire Woods saga at St. Andrews. Um, wow. Okay, so let, let's go back. Let's go back to the Masters this year. When out of nowhere, like Tiger decided, I'm going to play the Masters, and we were in a state of shock. Like it was a yes, less than a year since he had been in this devastating car crash, which could have cost him his life. His right leg completely shattered, and remember that first round. I mean, he was under par. It was it was 
it was so miraculous. You were literally saying there's nothing that can keep this man down. If, if, if you want to believe in miracles, Tiger Woods will pull it off. He got through four rounds at the Masters. He struggled over the weekend, but there was a, such an ovation as he walked off at Augusta National. I thought, can't wait to see what this guy next. He goes to the PGA, didn't play well the first round. Then he rallied. Remember, he was fighting, made some birdies to make the cut. And then the third round, it was like, uh uh-oh. And he had to withdraw from the PGA. Sat out the U.S. Open because the one tournament he was like, I can play St. Andrews. I've, you know, it's not the difficult walk course. It's very flat, obviously. He was well-prepared. He was really psyched up. And we were all thinking, okay, I mean, there was more money bet on him because he can legally bet over there on, on Tiger than any other golfer, even though obviously the odds were long. Very first hole, he double bogeys, and it just it just went spiraling out of yep. control. I mean, the cut line was even par. He finished at plus nine, and as he sort of dragged himself up to that 18th green uh, yesterday to finish off his rounds, got this huge ovation that's usually reserved for someone that are saying their goodbyes. Uh, and he even hinted afterwards that maybe he will never actually competitively play at St. Andrews again. So this is a year he played in the Masters. He played at the uh, PGA Championship. He played at the Open Championship. Each result got worse. Yeah. And those are the only three tournaments he played all season long. So as you watch that... What are you thinking? Because you're like most of us out there. You're of the era where Tiger was everything. If you had any interest in golf at all, it's centered around Tiger yeah. Woods. So what what did you take away from what happened to him at St. Andrews this week? Well, he's not it's not good anymore. Um, and, you know, part of that is, you know, he's getting older. But part of that, obviously, is his body is broken. His body has had so many injuries, so many different things have happened, so many traumas that, you know, after a while, your body just doesn't recover in quite the same way. You might think it's recovered. And and then you get out there and, you know, you, you know, first couple holes, you, you, you tweak your knee and that's it for the rest of the day. So to me, look, I think he can he should play as long as he wants. I mean, obviously, he's earned the right, I think, to play in any of these tournaments that he wants to go out there and not play well that's his own prerogative right he can he can do that and and whatnot um but yeah it's it's difficult seeing it but again to to your point like i made sure to watch tiger again (laughs) like yeah like like the pga tour is probably begging him especially with defections to live like hey man can you can you keep playing like we need you to keep playing because your ability to get eyeballs and 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 look, the rest of the tournament's been good too. Like it's not like I haven't watched Rory today or or or, or Justin Johnson or anyone else play. Victor Hovland. They've, they've been, been good. But there's again this nostalgia with Tiger. We saw him obviously. He didn't stop on the bridge though. They they noticed that right. if, he, if he had stopped on the bridge, maybe this was it. But look, I think what he's gonna do, as he always does, as he always does, is he will assess his body. He will he's a guy that's very competitive. I think he'll. I think he'll golf again next year. I think he'll especially play, he'll he'll try to you know target playing in Augusta again as his first big tournament he plays. Maybe he shows up at his own tournament, hits a ball you know a, a, a little bit, but. I don't think this is it for him. I think he's going to continue to play. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Jack Nicholas, obviously, the only man on his level, uh, and then Jack's career numbers actually exceed his. But uh, I don't know if Jack had the impact. I don't think anyone's ever had the impact on golf that Tiger Woods has. But at the same time, you know, there was the emotional. Jack's last competitive round of golf was at St. Andrews, uh, but he was 65 years old. Yeah. 
65 years old. Uh, Tiger's 46. We had a 50-year-old Phil Mickelson win a major golf championship a year ago. I'm just going to be interested to see. I mean, it was amazing the fact that he came back less than a year after that devastating car accident to play at Augusta National. And again, he always raises the hopes because people want to believe that there's one more miracle run. But Remember this, when he won the Masters in 2019, there was a lead-up to that. The year before, he suddenly got his game back into shape. At the Open Championship, he tied for sixth. The PGA, he finished second. Then the following year, he wins the Masters. This, to me, is completely different. I mean, it's obvious that that right leg will never be the same. How could it be? I mean, it just... and and, and, But I will say this, there was a lot of controversy this week with some of the comments he made about the Live Tour. And he really put it out there, talking about how, I don't understand how these golfers, you know, can legitimize what they're doing when you're playing a 54-hole tournament and you're only going to play a couple of tournaments a year and you got all this guaranteed money, so where is the motivation for you to practice? The pushback came from people who said, you know what, Tiger, that's pretty easy for you to say when you got a billion dollars in your bank account, yeah. okay, and you're talking about guys playing part-time schedules. Well, what are you doing right now? What have you honestly done for years? You didn't play a full PGA Tour schedule. You sort of picked and choose the tournaments you wanted to play. So there was pushback. I thought it was interesting because he almost put it out there because he's got a lot of clout, obviously, yeah. in this where he almost challenged these major golf championships that are independent of any tours out there to put a kibosh on any of these live tour yeah. players to actually play in the majors. I don't think that's going to happen. You mentioned Dustin Johnson. He's on the leaderboard right now. I mean, who knows? If he I shoots think the PGA Tour is tomorrow, very hard for Rory McIlroy to win this you, thing. You bet they are. But, I mean, <laughs> Dustin Johnson's still there. I mean, if he posts a low number and walks away with the Claret Jug, yeah. look out. Um, I, I, I don't look, know. I, I think Tiger – look, the, the thing about Tiger's words to me um, is kind of an, an age thing. So – and I, and I and I kind of feel this way a little bit. I'm 36. I just turned 36 on Monday. Um, Happy birthday! Thank you. My daughter's birthday is today, and she, we had we've had another another kids party today. <laughs> I have another. Kid, Did you I have, have a son's... similar party for you? What was bigger, your party or her party? I I have a party on Monday. Yeah, we, exactly. went to, we went to get sushi. <laughs> my son's party is tomorrow. Uh, my son and I share the birthday, so we yeah. both got we both uh, one year older as of Monday. Yeah. Um, no, uh, no Nobu for my daughter's birthday party. Um, so here's the thing about I, I think that there is something with younger players. Mm-hmm. I noticed this in the NFL with players that you know I've talked to and just kind of whatnot. The, the idea of legacy is not as important to players anymore now. Right. It's just about and the money, right? It's about the money. And so Tiger is coming from a place that, you know, the legacy that I wanted to create for myself was in the PGA Tour, right? It was doing it the same way that, 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 that Jack did it, right? I wanted to. That's what I aspire to be. Players now I'm, don't think like, and there, there's some that probably do. But you know, they're, they're, Dustin Johnson's not like, I want to be Tiger. He's like, I want to make some money. I want to play golf and make money. I want to win, of course, but I want to play golf and make money. I'm not worried about being the next Tiger. I don't want to be the next Tiger. I don't want to be the next Jack Nicholas. And that is the way younger players across sports, in my opinion, and there's not always there's some that are different, of course. Well, you, you've seen it in football. Football is a prime example I, of a sport like I just this. Think the, like, I, 
I just talked to players. I mean, players like they don't even know some of the greats that played like twenty oh. years ago. It's mm. crazy to me. Like I knew, and maybe I'm different because I was such a football fan. But there, there are players that play football that don't watch football outside of the film they watch. They go home and watch. Like I, it, it blows my mind. I went home. I'd play a game, go home, and watch football the rest of the day. <laughs> I, I, You know, it's the first time I – I always – look, I appreciate that Tiger knows the history of the game. I yeah. know when guys are pretending he's not. He knows He knows everything about the history of the game. He was talking about 36-hole playoffs they used to have uh, in major golf championships. 36-hole like, playoffs? 36-hole playoffs. What, what year did that how stop? How about this? The la- Well, it, it, how about – you ready for this? 1931 U.S. Open. Now, this remember the U.S. Open up until 1965 was a three-day tournament. The last, the third and fourth rounds are played on the same day, all the way through 1964. But wow. get this: in 1931, there was a tie. Two golfers tied after 72 holes. So they had a 36-hole playoff. Guess what? After 36 holes, they tied. So they played another 36. They paid 144 holes of golf to decide the winner. Uh, But as recently as 1963, in the Open Championship, they had a 36-hole playoff. 36, not 18. Um, Uh, Do you remember Tiger and Rocco Mediate, right? Had that, like, 18-hole. And then they had the extra hole because they tied after 18. And and then they stopped stopped doing that thing for you. That's too much golf. Well, I mean, but it it is old school. But I remember the first time I ever was shocked by a uh, star athlete not understanding the history of the game goes way back to Don Mattingly uh, when he broke out with the Yankees, his second, his first full year with the Yankees, right? He like wins a batting title. I mean, it was incredible. This guy had, and he was being interviewed. I saw this, and somebody was saying, you know, they're already saying you're the best first baseman the Yankees have had since Lou Gehrig, and he looked at him and goes, "Who's Lou Gehrig?" Oh boy. I mean, then they're like, "What?" He's like, and he and he, he didn't want to be mean. He was just like, I don't know who you're talking about. Who, what? Lou Gehrig? And they're like, he's got a monument out there in the center field area, Yankee State. He had no clue. Never heard of him. Uh, but he, like, okay. I, the, but I mean, but, it gets but even back like, to, even, but even, get, the, even yeah. like the non-baseball thing, right? Like, like Lou Gehrig is he's like that. Like that's a thing. Like that's why. That's wow. Yeah, he had no clue, no clue who Lou well, Gehrig. But here's the thing. It gets back to the idea of what you're talking about, the money grab. And you've seen this in the NFL for years. You've had teammates. You've played against players. Maybe they had a big run out of their rookie contract. Now they get that big money, right, the next yeah. contract, and suddenly they just check out. They just check out. And yeah, they, they've it's got the, they have think, cashed though. in, yeah. and they're just going to play it out and then move on and do whatever, usually blow all their money. But, I mean, that's another story for another day. There's already been a 30 for 30 on that. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. All right, on the other side, speaking of money, uh, can you imagine being offered $440 million, fully guaranteed, and spitting at you? Uh, tuh, tuh. Who needs $440 million? That's a drop in the ocean. Well, it happened today. We'll tell you all about it coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Harmon, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports. Saturday, we're just talking about... uh, some of the comments that Tiger made at the Open Championship about guaranteed money in golf changes the whole dynamic of the game. I mean, where's your motivation if you're going to have all that guaranteed money in your pocket? By the way, a prime example of that, I guess, would be Phil Mickelson. You talk about mailing it in. Uh, he was plus seven. He wasn't much better than Tiger missing the cup at the Open Championship. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open. And I think in the live tournaments he's played so far, he's like a plus 30. Um, he's he's mailed it in after getting the $200 million. But, again, he has this uh, legacy behind him. He's already in the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, but when it comes to money, at some point you're just like, is this a good deal or is not a good deal? Um, Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, and by the way, the Nationals this year right now are in last place in the NL East with a record of 30-62. and 62. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of years removed, obviously, from winning the World Series. They are as bad as it gets in Major League Baseball. But obviously, they want to tie up Juan Soto, who's still only 23 years of age, fifth year in the Major Leagues. He's got some big numbers, yeah. although this year's numbers are down considerably. Uh, but they offer him a $440 million contract, which in baseball is fully guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, and he uh, said no, not interested in any kind of guarantees, which means well, uh, they're going to try to was... trade him. But, I mean, let's start with turning down $440 million guaranteed. It's it's something that I think me and you would not do. No. Um, but this is a 13-year deal, right? So it buys out his, it buys out his RB years. I right. mean, I think from, from his perspective – and as you mentioned, he's very young. He's won a World Series. He's an NL uh, runner-up for MVP last season. Like He's done a lot of good things so far in his career. Um, I think he's making a calculated risk. But it's calculated, obviously, that you know I could play out the deal I'm on now, and then when I'm you know, 25, 26, 27, um, I'll make exponentially more money on the open market on a better team as well. Um, and, and also, too, right now, I mean, the Nationals might say, all right, well, we just don't even want to pay you your arbitration years. You're going right to the Yankees or wherever, whoever else is going to, whoever else will will take you. So I think he's just, he's banking that he'll make more money elsewhere um, and do it for a team that is winning, unlike the Nationals that right now uh, aren't doing all the winning since their, uh, since their World Series. I, I, I I don't know what open market will be, um, but it takes a lot of guts to turn this money down. A lot of players, you know, Aaron Judge turned something down. It wasn't as much as this. We've seen a lot of players recently sign these, you know, Fernando Tatis, right? It's a long-term contract. Well, let me go right there with the Fernando contract. So Fernando Tatis Jr. a year ago signed a 14-year, $340 million extension with the Padres. Now, there's a couple of key things about the extension that he signed. One, the most important is... There are no opt-outs in this contract. There's no, like, he can opt out after five years or ten years. There are no opt-outs in this deal. He's under the control of the Padres until he's 34 years of age. No opt-out. 
So he, he could demand a trade at some point or not be happy about the deal. But the bottom line is he is locked in. Now, he's not making the big money yet. Uh, this year, of course, he hasn't played a single game. He's making $5.7 million, But he'll start kicking into gear about 2025. And at the end of the deal, he'll be making in excess of $36 million a year for the last six years of that deal. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess in some ways it's a calculated risk. I go back to the Cunha contract when he signed that huge extension before he was eligible for free agency with the Braves, where he's only making like $15 million a year. Uh, yeah. and, and and he's under lock and key with team options at the end of that deal. Yeah. So if, if you're representing, uh, you know, Soto, you're probably saying, ah, you know what, We're, we, we'll we we'll yeah. take the risk. Now, he's not a free agent until 2024. He's hitting under 250 this year. His price tag would still be high, although the general manager, Rizzo, who earlier said there was no way, no chance, no how, we will entertain any offers to get rid of Soto yeah. – might be changing his tune now that he has uh, turned down this guaranteed deal. The arbitration system in baseball is so odd to me. I just think it's weird. But you know, this year Juan Soto is making seventeen point one million dollars to avoid arbitration. Right, and he has two more RB years, as you mentioned before. He's a free agent. Um, so you know, again, I think he's 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 betting on the. Um, the salary cap to continue to go up as the CBA uh, kind of takes effect, right? They have a brand new CBA. Um, and he's banking that in a couple years. Um, he will be able to go play somewhere else. Uh, you know, maybe gets traded and signed somewhere else, or maybe just plays this out, you know, goes to the Yankees and does the same thing, just take, takes his arbitration years. It's like a quarterback. It's like Kirk Cousins just kind of taking, you know, I'm going to take the franchise tag. I'm taking the franchise tag, and I go somewhere else, and I get a fully guaranteed deal, which obviously was unheard of, and then he gets even more money. He's done a great job of finessing his contract each year. Um, but the most interesting part about this for me is we have a young superstar in Juan Soto, and he's not, obviously you mentioned he's not as good this year, but like, how many sports fans know who Juan Soto is? Like, baseball just continues, I think, to have an issue with, with you know, kind of, you know, uh, uh, not favorability, but just kind of their players being re- recognizable and their players, um, you know, being household names because I just, it's just not, it really isn't. And he's a fabulous young player, but he's on a losing team. Well, just like the Angels have two great, two of the best players in baseball on losing teams. It's, Mm. it's hard to market these guys when the teams they're on don't win. Well, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the Angels because I wanted to talk about Shohei Otani for a second here. Now, you so talk good. about – when you talk about a guy like Shohei Otani, who's a once in a, a history of this – I mean, people, please stop comparison, uh, comparing to Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was not doing what Shohei Otani's doing he also right didn't, now. He also didn't pitch as much as, as people well, want to Well, he, he was a full-time for. pitcher, full-time pitcher – for the first five years, and, and he, he was, the, and he was, and then he was the best left-hander in in the American League, no doubt about that. Obviously, a different era. But then he also stopped. He just stopped. But then pitching, he stopped, right? and then he yeah. became an outfielder. I mean, there yeah. was a little crossover, but nothing like we've seen uh, with Shohei Otani. Uh, you talk about a guy, and we were talking about this the other day. Like, what is his market now? Shohei Otani just had his twenty-eighth birthday. All right. Now, as far as he is concerned, you look at his future, he's a free agent in 2024. He's only making $5.5 million this year. $5.5 million, that's it, um, with everything he's doing. And I've asked people, if he's on the free agent market, what do you do with him? He is, he is right now as dominant a pitcher as there is in baseball, as a pitcher. 
And obviously, as a DH, he can long ball with any guy in in all of Major League. Give him all the money. Well, I mean, (laughs) if you're the, I mean, he's not going to stay with the Angels. I can't imagine he's going to stay with the Angels. But if you're the big spenders, the Yankees, the Dodgers, uh, are you telling me that? Are are you telling me like the Giants can't sign him to be the 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 face of the franchise in that city? Well, I'm how much they've been waiting to have. They've been waiting to have another face of the franchise. I feel like I'm trying to put a price tag on this guy. Oh, I I mean, if Juan Soto's getting four hundred and forty million dollars. Right, right. I, I feel mean, like a, Shohei Otani. A six hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. I mean, how much and are you giving this guy? I, I, and all the money. Gonna, and are you going to continue to use him? I mean, you would have to, right? And now oh, that but, now that we have universal DH, he can play in either league. It doesn't matter anymore as far as. And the I'm pretty DH sure he consider. bats. He bats in the games he pitches, right? Like exactly. and he and he stays yes, in the game as yes. a batter. In fact, they changed the rule For that him. allow him yeah. that he can uh, stay in the game as a DH. Even if he's pulled from the game as a pitcher, I mean, you you have to pay him. I think as a dual player, as a dual. Well, there's no precedent guy. for that. I mean, there is there's no, none, and so there's obviously it's up to those. his agents to make it happen and figure out what that price is going to be. I mean, look, I maybe as he gets older, there's too much wear and tear on his body. He's only able to do one or the other. Then, of course, it makes him. Um, you know, I think then you want him to probably be a hitter if you're talking value, right? The the, the highest wars tend to be on, on the hitter side. I don't know. I um, mean, as a pitcher, I mean, he's he's getting better. I mean, uh, two thirty eight ERA so this year, a whip under one, hundred twenty three strikeouts, twenty two <laughs> walks, and eighty seven innings. It's ridiculous what this guy. Which is guy crazy is. because last night Clint Kershaw made him look like a like a little leaguer. Um, yeah, <laughs> one of the curveballs he threw. Oh um, and you know, Tony had this kind of grin on his face as he walked back to the dugout like yeah yeah he got me um and this is the the, the hard part again is like he's doing this on the freaking angels like they're like the 11th team in southern california like no, like no one no one cares well, about see them. this see mike trout <sighs> is comfortable being an angel he's comfortable he doesn't yeah, I, he I think never has cared for the spotlight doesn't agreed. need the spotlight he's got all his money uh otani's a whole different beast no question by the way dollar shave club six blade razor brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth dollar shave club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores all right let's find out what's trending right now as uh, Monsi Bolaños is back and uh, sounding great as always, Monsi. Oh, thank you. Because once my teeth come out, who knows how what I'm going to sound like? What if I? What if I <laughs> Monsi, never sound Monsi, the same again? Monsi, you know, here, here's the thing. When I got my teeth out, I became louder, which is almost impossible. Oh, that's scary. I, I am the louder. loudest person in the world. I'm really loud. <laughs> I don't always you try don't to be, but I am really loud. Like I, Jeff sat with me like in Super Bowl, like, dude, you are really loud. I know. We're going to have to see who's louder. Maybe go outside and yell or something. Because yes. uh, I think I'm pretty loud, too. So if I get louder, I think that's going to scare people. Anywho, let's talk a little baseball. There's so much going on. The Mets and the Cubs are tied. They actually have a doubleheader today and their first game going into 10 innings. They are tied at one apiece. 10th inning just started, and they have a doubleheader. So they must be exhausted. That sounds like the worst-case situation when you have a doubleheader. How about the Astros that are shutting out the A's right now? 5-0. We had a grand 
slam hit in the second inning by Martin Maldonado by the Astros. Absolutely nuts. Second inning, only the fourth inning right now as they're shutting out the A's. The Phillies are also shutting out the Marlins 2-0 in the fifth inning. And we got the Twins still going at it with the White Sox. The Twins have been winning this whole game, and they're still winning 6-3 in the seventh inning. A couple of homers from Alex Correa and Jorge Polanco earlier in the game. The Cardinals are still beating the Reds 11-3 in the top of the ninth inning. Paul Goldschmidt hit his 20th homer of the season in this game. He also had an RBI single, so not too shabby for him. The Braves are up 4-2 on the Nationals in the fifth inning. Matt Olson had a three-run homer, and Austin Riley had a solo homer. Austin Riley, exciting for him, has been added to the All-Star game, which will be on Tuesday at Dodger Stadium. I thought he was the biggest snub from the 2022 All-Star game. He is now going to be playing. He is replacing St. Louis Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado. We also are replacing Jose Altuve from the Astros. He's not going to play after being hit by a pitch. He's just taking it easy. Uh, but he's going to be replaced by Toronto Santiago Espinal. And exciting that a Dodger pitcher is going to be added. Also, Tyler Anderson is replacing Giants pitcher Carlos Rodon. So those are some of the changes that are going to be for the All-Star game, which is this Tuesday at Dodger Stadium. And of course, big story, Washington Nationals outfielder Juan Soto has rejected a 15-year four. $440 million offer that would have been the largest contract in baseball history, which would average to a little under $30 million a year. So we'll see what happens with him as the Nationals are currently losing. Yeah, to uh, the Braves right now. Back to you guys. All right, Monsi. Thank you very <laughs> of much course. for all of that. Um, Stay with baseball a little bit here as we head into the All-Star break. Monsi was just mentioning a few replacement players for the All-Star game. All right, so I, this is a generational thing. And, of course, when you're talking to me, it's like talking your dad here, Jeff. So um, when when your father and I uh, were kids, uh, the All-Star game was a big deal. Uh, it was a huge game because, first of all, in those days, the National League American League, the only time you ever saw the mix was at the All-Star game at the World Series. There was no interleague play, so they were completely separate leagues. There was something about league pride. If you were a National League fan, you rooted for the National League in the All-Star game, which is what I was, was a National League fan. Uh, obviously, this change has changed. The game has changed dramatically. I put zero stock in all-star game selection. Same thing as the Pro Bowl or any of these all-star games in terms of somehow uh, using it as part of your resume. Uh, and it's a popularity contest. Certain names like Cal Ripken started 19 straight all-star games. People love Cal, you know, and but that's that's now how he gauges career. Uh, but as we head into the all-star break right now, the Yankees. 62 and 28, just a ridiculous first oh, yeah. half for them. The Dodgers, they're 29 games over 500. They got a nine and a half game lead in their division. The only t- other team in the conversation is the Astros right now. Uh, in my opinion, they got a 10 game lead in that AL West. You know, the, the Mets are playing well, Braves are playing well. Uh, but what has your been impression so far? I know as a Giants fan, you can't be happy with a team only three games over 500 right now. But um, the basic health of baseball as we we are past the halfway mark of the season, heading into the All-Star break. Your thoughts? I, I think they're pretty happy with the Dodgers and Yankees being good, right? Yeah. And, you know, those teams being on a collision course, possibly for a World Series, which is probably their dream to have both coasts represented and, you know, two mm-hmm. you know major brands of baseball and really good, good teams, right? Like, you know, young teams with superstars um, that are personable, right, that uh, I think enjoy – 
not being in front of a camera, but you know, showing personality. Um, and I think that would be great for baseball. They would end up uh, meeting uh, each other in uh, in the world. I, I think they're pleased with with that part of this. Um, you know, obviously the Giants, you, my Giants. I mean, they're just weird. Guys aren't having careers again. Like what a surprise! <laughs> so I think for for baseball right now, they're they're pretty happy that uh, and the Mets are good, right? The Mets are good in the NL East. Like the big city teams are 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 doing what they need to do, and it's probably exciting for baseball to get a Dodgers, you know, Dodgers Mets NL. CS and Dodgers Yankees uh, World Series. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the Dodgers. This is how good the Dodgers are, right? There's a reason why this team wins 100 games every year. If you had said before the season that at the All Star break, by far their three best starting pitchers are Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, and Clayton Kershaw. Those three guys combined are 28 and three this year. 28 and yeah. 3. Bueller got hurt. Arias has been inconsistent. Um, you know, Kimbrell out of the pen has been not good. Their bullpen has not been great. And yet, this comeback here for Kershaw, he was flirting with another perfect yeah. game. Gonsolin is 11 and 0. Anderson is 10 and 1. But this is how good they are. They just, they are, they're able to pull guys out of their ranks. They, they, they have everything where they develop players out of their system. And it seems like every guy they bring up is good then they make the deals because well they got the money to make the deals highest payroll in baseball it's been a big comeback year for the yankees to do the same i think and you mentioned this at the very beginning how important it is in baseball to have teams like the yankees and dodgers relevant it would be their dream scenario to get these fabled franchises to have a head-to-head battle in the World Series, something that, by the way, hasn't happened with these two teams head-to-head since 1981. It would it would really help baseball to see these two 100%. teams there. No question. It, it would. And, you know, baseball is like, I feel like, basketball for a lot of us. And, you know, of course there are fans that watch. And I watch the Giants pretty regularly, so I, I maybe don't fall in this category. But I watch the Giants on my iPad just like – a side of what I'm doing. Like I'm not sitting in front of a television watching baseball. That to me just I could, I like I get upset when they're you know playing the Nationals. I have to watch on actual television, right? Like I want to watch on my iPad as I'm doing other things around the house or doing radio or, or, or whatever else I'm doing. But like it's just it's so hard to carry each day because there's so many games, right? And we've seen this year whether it's the Orioles, whether now it's the Mariners, you know, these long win streaks, the Angels a long losing streak like Things can change so quickly, even though it's a long season too. Like it just doesn't feel the sense of urgency is there to pay attention between like May and the end of July, <laughs> and then football starts and you're not paying attention anyways. It's just it's hard to care every day, and it's not their fault of baseball. They shouldn't make the the season that much shorter because a lot of us don't aren't going to watch every single game. But right now it's like okay, we'll get to the All Star break. We have the All Star, and you're right. By the way, you're right about the All Star game. I used to love it every year. Love the All-Star game. Love the Home Run Derby. Yeah. But I'm on Twitter right now, and I'm just looking at my timeline. I see seven highlights of guys hitting home runs today. You know, like, I I see... I'm a, you know, again, I'm a Giants fan. I've seen them already play the White Sox this year. I've seen them already play, uh, I don't even know, the Tigers. Like I've seen them already play a bunch of AL teams. I've seen guys play already where the All-Star game was the only time all season I got to see a Red Sox player play on national television, right? Or an Orioles player or just someone else. I, you know, The only time I got to watch Cal Ripken Jr. play all year was in the All-Star game, right? And so I think for for me as well, 
there was a, I used to sit down. It used to be around my birthday as well. It's a week later this year because they see the, the season started a week later. It used to be like on my birthday, around my birthday, go to my friend's house. I watched the home run derby, come back the next night. We watched the all-star game. We had, a, it was kind of a celebration around it, but now there's just not that energy because again, you get to watch everything each day where that used to not be the case. Let me ask you this. Aaron Judge, uh, he's fallen a little bit off the pace. He's got 31 home 31, runs. Yeah. Right now he's projected for 56, but a guy like Judge can go on a tear and get back on the pace. But if he makes a run at 61. Now, I know Bonds has the record at 73. McGuire hits 70. Sosa, my favorite stat is Sammy Sosa had three years where he hit 60 or more homers and did not lead the league in home runs in any of those three years uh, because there was either McGuire or Barry Bonds ahead of him. But if if Aaron Judge were to make a run at Roger Maris's 61, is that a story? Is that a yes. story at all? I mean, I mean, forget 73. I mean, that's long gone. But, I mean, would there be a legitimacy? I mean, if he were to come close, I mean, is that is that something you think would catch the fancy of, let's say, the non-baseball fan? Like, it's a big enough story if he, if want, uh, you know, going after 60 or 61 home runs, especially 60 with Babe Ruth, 61 with Roger Maris, two former Yankees. Would that be a story? Um. Yes, I think it would be a story. Um, I, you know, I, again, people might use the asterisk thing. I, again, I think Bonds, again, that was the era he played in. And yeah. I'm not quite sure that a lot of his home runs were very far and very fast and got up pretty quickly. It seemed like sure everyone he hit was a bomb. Yeah. Now, again, the, the people don't talk about this correctly enough. Like the reason yeah. why steroids help you or HGH helps you is it helps you recover game to game. Correct. So that when you get up to the plate each game, you remain you're able strong. To, you're able to be strong. But also, and pitchers got, used it a lot. This is like, you oh, know, yeah, Eric Gagne was oh, one yeah. of the most the, notorious. You know, oh, the dude. guy's velocity was insane. He could play pitch he, every he day. Used to, he used to throw 91, and then all of a sudden he throws 102. Yeah. There's there's that at bat between him and Bonds from like 2002, where, yeah. and, and I, I know Paul Duca, who was a catcher for that at bat, he told me about what was said between those two guys. And Gagne basically told him, I'm throwing you a fastball every single pitch. And he took 99 foul and then hit 101 over the wall. But there were, there was two outs and nine thing and it didn't matter but it was it was pretty awesome that 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 whole you know that whole stretch but bonds got like one pitch a game to hit to hit a home run like i don't think we talk about that enough it wasn't like he had he had seven pitches all game to choose from he might have gotten one pitch all game that was in a zone to hit a home run and he hit a home run with it like his his focus and ability and attention to detail in his swing is not talked about enough it's an, it's it's an, it's pretty remarkable he had a hundred almost a hundred more intentional walks in one season than ever before in mlb history well i mean he still hit 360 that season the 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 obscure the the absurd stats that he had between 2001 and 2004 i mean uh 2004 he had an op uh, he had an ops of 1422 that included a 609 on base percentage 609 832 times right and 120 (laughs) intentional walks he had more intentional walks than any American League team had. Uh, any team had, and the, the numbers were ridiculous. I mean, they, they, I don't know. When you're a numbers guy and you look at numbers like these, I'm staring at it right now on Baseball Reference. I mean, there's there's no way to put any perspective on those. But I agree with you. I think an Aaron Judge run at 60 or 61 would be a pretty significant story in baseball. Also significant, something we've been talking about a lot in recent weeks, and that is the changing landscape of college football. We got the latest for you. Coming up next. 
there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz here on Fox Sports Saturday. Two weeks ago, it was fresh. USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten I opened the show with you, Jeff, saying, well, if there's any man to have an idea of what's the future of the Pac-12, it's a man that's married to the Pac-12 network. That would be Jeff Schwartz. It was a hot button. One of the things you did say that day was you thought Oregon was going to be next in line to go to the Big Ten. Then last week, you changed your tune on Oregon and the Big Ten interest in Oregon joining the Big Ten. So now that we're two weeks removed from this blockbuster announcement as far as USC and UCLA concerning them going into the Big Ten, give us an update right now. Where, 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 what are you hearing? What do you un- yeah. understand as far as the, the status of the Pac-12, their association with the Big 12 or the ACC? What's the latest in all this? Well, the Pac-12, as I think we mentioned last weekend, is talking to presumably ESPN to, to figure out what their network rights deal would look like as just the 10 of them, maybe San Diego State, you know, maybe Boise State, just kind of a general sense of, of what they could do as, a, as sticking together as a group because otherwise, um, you know, you can't really make a decision on where you're going to go, who you partner with, without knowing those basic numbers at first. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're going to stick together. Um, but, um, it, it means they're at least kind of seeing, seeing the options. Right. Um, and you know, Pacto media day, I will be in lot. will I'll be in LA in studio at the end of the month with you on Saturday. The- yeah. 29th, I think, is the 30th. The Pacto Media Day is the day before. So I'm kind of curious how that goes. Um, but, you know, maybe by that day, too, we'll kind of get an idea of what that, that TV network deal might look like. Um, but I do think there's a, a look, when, when last year at this time, when Oklahoma and Texas left the, you know, the Big 12, or at least, the, you know, the, the idea was, was brought up and then obviously executed, the Pac 12 wanted nothing to do with the Big 12, right? And, the Big 12 then added four teams. And I, I don't know why the Pac-12 now would want to work with the Big 12 unless it was straight survival mode, right? We're, we're going there to survive as a conference. But then again, the Big 12 probably doesn't want Oregon State, doesn't want Washington, doesn't want Cal. Um, you might not Stanford might not want to go to the Big 12. Like That's not a group decision, right? That's an individual decision if they decide the money's not good enough. The other option being floated around is a sort of weird partnership with the ACC. You put the Pac-12 network on ESPN Plus and you know you just kind of all a card in and go back and forth. That feels too complicated to me. I think what happens is the Pac-10, Pac-12, they had two teams, whatever, they stay as one. And then when it comes time for the Big Ten to decide to add Notre Dame 
or to uh, or to add two, three other teams, then that's what's going to happen. It does feel like for the Big Ten next up is some sort of combination of Notre Dame, yes, and then it's Stanford, Oregon, Oregon, Stanford. I don't know if they're going to go to 18 or go to 20. Those feel like next in line, at least according to the rumors, but Notre Dame has to decide what they're going to do. Uh, um, I and, have an update for you. Ready, ready for this? Yeah. So I was talking to a uh, college football insider, a guy that knows a lot. So we've been talking about this, you know, Notre Dame uh, going to the Big Ten or maybe the SEC making a run. He goes, Pac-12 is going to make a run at Notre Dame. I said, What? He goes, oh, yeah. See, Notre Dame, Notre Dame views themselves first and foremost as an academic institution. Uh, and when you have schools like Stanford and Cal, Notre Dame feels very comfortable in the company of those schools. Imagine for a second here if, if the Pac-12 got Notre Dame. I mean, I mean and, and by the I, way, and by the way, it, it seems like this is so ridiculous, but because of their proximity and everything else, but all all, all cards are on the table now. Okay, look at the proximity ooh. of USC and UCLA. But there's been talk, at least according to my guy, that the Pac-12 is going to go after Notre Dame, and uh, and and they're uh, going to appeal to the leadership of that university. Who do you feel more comfortable with? Ohio State or Stanford? They already have a rivalry against they, Stanford. They could just say, "Hey, we're bringing Stanford to the Big Ten, though, too." Well, if the money's not if the money's not there in the Pac-12, but let problem. me ask you this: If you're the Pac-12 and you got Notre Dame in the mix, does that change the money? Yes, it could change it oh, a lot, right. especially if Notre Dame gets their fair share. Uh, we got a lot of pro football talk to catch up on coming up next. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply i just think i uh threw jeff into a tizzy with my breaking story before the top of the hour hartman and schwartz here i want you to think about this for a second adam kaplan's going to be joining us coming up in our next segment we'll talk plenty of nfl football as we get ready for opening at training camps next week the idea of notre dame joining the pac-12 instead of the big 10 there are so many levels to this, Jeff. Think about think about everything that makes sense about this move. So the Big Ten has been trying to get Notre Dame to have get Notre Dame into the Big Ten for a hundred years, and they have resisted every temptation. Why? Because basically they've been able to make their own TV deal. They didn't need uh, the Big Ten. Now the Big Ten with USC and UCLA coming in, they just want to throw them in like yeah, one more team. Um, if you're Notre Dame. And the Pac-12 offers you a lot. 
um, they offer you uh, the idea that you'll be the spotlight team of that conference yeah. without any question. Um, I, I, they are a conference of champions. It goes beyond just football in the Pac-12. I mean, if you're looking at uh, multi-layers, and, uh, and Notre Dame envisions themselves as that. They envision themselves as an academic first university uh, along the lines of a Stanford or a Cal Berkeley. Uh, but imagine if, if they just blindsided everybody and got Notre Dame to agree to jump on board and how that would look for the Pac-12 conference moving forward with Notre Dame in terms of a TV deal, in terms of just their stature as a conference. When people are talking about the you know the the death certificate for the yeah. Pac-12, boy, that would flip things immediately. And to me, if I'm Notre Dame and I feel compelled that we can no longer exist as an independent in football, what's best for our university? That to me is a better deal than anything yeah. that the Big Ten's offering. Well, the 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 issue with that it sounds great and all, but the money's not going to be the same, right? If you're if you're going to get a hundred million dollars, well, what if you're going to get Notre Dame a hundred million dollars? What if you're going to make well, Notre they, Dame get more than everybody else? Well, I mean, so, this was the argument so that USC and UCLA is, were which making, is, which is silly because again, USC. I mean, the arrogance of that. Like, y'all weren't good for ten years, and now you want more money. Sounds good. Um, is does Oregon agree to that? Does Washington agree to that? Maybe, but are they going to agree to add Notre Dame and then everyone take less money than Notre Dame who's new to the conference? Well, I don't know how much less money it's going to be. There's a lot of money out there, Jeff. I mean, when we when we talk about this, wow, $100 million per school in the Big Ten, if there's that kind of money floating around, think about ESPN again. So you're ESPN, and there's a lot of value in the Pac-12 because it fills out your day, right? It doesn't well, matter who's in, in that, the Pac-12. Yes. It, 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 because they need they, – they have – Saturdays go from the start of the day until late in the evening. Correct. Well, if you throw Notre Dame in the mix – and your ESPN. Are you kidding me? Where do I sign up? I, I mean, I have a chance to have Notre Dame on some West Coast games. Uh, obviously, they could be, I mean, their home game schedule will speak for itself. Why would they not want to sign on whatever the price tag is to that kind of a deal? Um, I, again, I go back to just how much are, are they going to get as much money in the Big Ten deal that. Like that's my concern. Like, like if you're Notre Dame, you get a hundred million dollars from the Big Ten now. Even on the Pac-12 conference, you're probably not getting close. To, even if you take a bigger share, you're not getting close to that. And if, if that's what it comes down to, then your decision is already made. Well, I, again, I understand that money is everything to everybody, apparently, but maybe not. Maybe Notre Dame is still of that elitist attitude that we're Notre Dame. And then there's everybody else. You don't put us with Ohio State. Don't put us with USC. We're not Alabama. We are Notre Dame. We are the the school to put college football on the map. And, And the other thing about Notre Dame for years as an independent is that they play all over the country. That was the original idea. Yeah. With Newt Rockne and Notre Dame going back all the way to the 1920s, he was friends with Howard Jones, who was the USC coach who had used to be the coach at Iowa. They had a friendship. Hey, you know, this could help both of us. And they would play Army at Yankee Stadium. And they purposely would market Notre Dame throughout the country 
Um, I don't know why they wouldn't continue. If they go to the Big Ten, you're just thrown onto the pile. Notre Dame will be an also ran. You know that in the Big Ten, but not if they join the Pac-12. Oh, no, 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 no. They would be the marquee team, and they will be rewarded for it. Believe me, they'll be rewarded for it. And by the way, if they're any good at football, they could dominate that conference and get a ticket into the playoff just about every year. Could they not? No, they definitely couldn't. And what's interesting about the new approach with Marcus Freeman as a coach is they're recruiting like never before. They're number one in the country, I believe, right now mm-hmm. um, in recruiting. They're going all in on collectives and NIL and, and really kind of giving the energy that Brian Kelly just didn't have for recruiting. So, yeah, I mean, it opens up, obviously, the ability to recruit Southern California mm-hmm. uh, for some of those quarterbacks that we know that, that are out west. Yeah. I would love it, man. I would keep my conference together. And <laughs> my, I mean, my, my, you know, my radio partner and I were talking this week about like, we do a Pac-12 radio, right? I mean, yeah. Imagine a few beca- trips to South Bend, Indiana. What becomes a Pac-12 radio if there's no Pac-12 or there's no Pac-10? Right, exactly. Like what happens? So, man, I mean, that obviously would save the conference. And George Klofkoff, I know, is trying everything that he can to to try to get this conference together. Well, I'm just um, curious why there's a holdup here in this uh, supposed, you know, Notre Dame to the Big Ten. Well, I don't know. I, I think, think that, I think, that no I think because rush. it's open field right now. And again, sources that I. I are confident it doesn't mean they're going to join the Pac-12, but Pac-12 is exploring the possibility of approaching Notre Dame with the idea of think about us as maybe a better option. Oh man, I I would do a swung for the fences, man. I would absolutely love it. It would it would make my oh, it'd be so cool. It'd be so awesome. Um, if that were to happen, uh, also kind of sticks it to USC a little bit, right? Of course, that, it is exactly that, the point because there that that game will no longer be played, probably, or maybe it will, and be really funny to play in USC. But it's a Big Ten team, Pac twelve team, and it's reversed, right? The Notre Dame is the Pac twelve team, and yeah, and then do you add San Diego State to make it twelve? What's basically? up is down. What's down is up. By the way, uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is still angry at UCLA because they never called him personally. No, now, as, as the governor of California, technically, he is the head of the Board of Regents that oversee the University of California and the Cal State Universities. And he says, you can't do this. You can't just up and leave. If I were, if I were Gavin Newsom, I would say this. I would be relieved that one of my UC schools that now publicly has a $100 million debt in their athletic program has found a way to pay it off. Yeah. That's what I would say if I were the governor. I don't care how you pay off this debt, but uh, go for it there. I I, I don't know. What, uh, politi- so the, it's all the, politics. So I that, get it, but... That that is more powerful than Gavin Newsom is your debt collector saying yes. like are your debt holders essentially right saying yeah. like no you can't leave you owe us money yeah and you're the head of the board of regents guess who's on the hook that would be you if you oversee yeah. all the UC schools and one of your schools has that kind of debt they're going to be knocking on your door so why would you care where they're going to make up that money they're going to make up that money by yep. moving to the Big Ten. And and so I'm curious. That's just I think mean, just you know chest out puffing mm-hmm. some yeah. posturing. You know there was reports that the Oregon, the Washington legislators wouldn't let Oregon uh, split up from Oregon State and Washington split up from Washington right. State. But Oklahoma State said the same thing. Right? You can't leave us. And obviously Oklahoma is, is leaving as well. And you know the best part about football starting soon is we don't have to talk about this, right? I mean we have Pac-12 Media Day in in two weeks. Yes. And 
What is that uh, going to be like? Well, so and by the um, way, do you still put any stock in this idea that the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, are going to bolt for the Big Twelve? No, I, I don't. Th- I don't. I mean, maybe, but I don't. I don't think so right now. Um, all I know is we're going to be on the radio for probably five hours. We'll have it'll be a five hour show, a break, and a five hour show because we'll be there. It's a, a ten hour media day. You know, we do t- my partner and I do the afternoon show. We'll do the South most often. We do in the North is in the morning. Whatever. Um, if nothing but, is resolved with Notre Dame by that time, you got to throw it out there, man. I'm telling I, you, I'm, I will. I, I will throw it out there. I mean, I'm and, 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 well. and there's there's a lot. I mean, you say Notre Dame's not going to play in the Pac-12, really? And USC and UCLA going to play in the Big Ten? All bets are off right now. No, you're, uh, you're right. The, the the thing about the media day though is that we're going to probably talk very little about this mm-hmm. and just talk about the season because yes. for well, the rest of the conference well, what is this? well the season's not going to change for a couple more years right so we're, yeah. we're not going to we're not going to talk as soon as like camp starts man like this we want to make jokes about it mm-hmm. um but like this is over like i can't wait to get to the point where we're talking about training camp and we're talking about week 1 when and look in the Pac-12 it's got a lot of work to do right there's a lot of ga- big games for the conference in week one, starting with, with my ducks at, at Georgia. So, well, I'm at, in Atlanta, but it's at Georgia. Well, I got news here. The big I will, story. I, will, I promise you, I will not be doing the show that day. I will yeah. be in, I'll be at the game. <laughs> just letting you know. Um, um, what Utah, about, Florida. but USC is going to be such a story. I mean, you, you bring in Lincoln Riley, you're going to bolt for the Big Ten. You, you're stealing talent all over the country, right? You bring in the Bletnikoff Award winner, you know, the hottest freshman quarterback a year ago at Oklahoma. I mean, what's next? I mean, if USC doesn't catapult, into the stratosphere once again in college football. That is going to be a huge story. Who's going to? Who's doing the blocking and tackling for them? Well, like, I, I understand that we're excited for their offense. I really think they're going to score a bunch of points. Yeah, but like they go to Corvallis in Week Four, right? The first Pac-12 game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon State rushed for three hundred yards on them last season. Yeah, like the Beavers are going to think they're going to win How many that home game. Games were they blown out where everybody left it was, at the Coliseum every game. U- Utah, it was specifically Utah that hadn't won there. It was like four since, games like, like that. Utah hadn't won the Coliseum in a hundred seasons. Yeah, Oregon State had not won since nineteen sixty. Um, what was it? Oregon State. It, Oregon State beat them like forty-five to seventeen. It was unbelievable. Yeah, they, the Beavers rushed for three hundred yards. Um, you know, Fresno State's not going to be an easy out. Like I'm just, I just think that early in the year, USC is going to it's going to be tougher for USC than we think because th- there's never been a team have this much roster turnover in one season. And I get it; it's big. Uh, the upgrades are there. I'm not, I'm not. I'm saying you know, quarterbacks better. They're all better. But there's a this a lot of personalities, a lot of people to get into. They've already played in one system, multiple maybe to get into a new system, all working together. And the one thing that I that I kind of struggle with when we talk about USC, I don't struggle with it. People struggle with it. Is that is the idea that the things that Riley's team struggle with at Oklahoma are now going to go away at USC, namely defense. He brought over the same defensive coordinator. Oklahoma recruited plenty of great defensive players while he was there. Their defense wasn't very good outside of like half of 2020 in a weird COVID year. Mm-hmm. Why at USC will the defense be better all of a sudden? Uh, by the way, can I remind you, my team put up 62 points, points yeah. on USC. And I know the Rose Bowl's 62 not, points. Hey, just, just, just we had 609 total yards in that game. I just try to beat Bowling Green, Alabama State, and South Alabama in the first three weeks of the season, okay? Please, yeah. uh, which is just it, that's, that's just so it's so bad right. um, that that a, a Division One program, yeah. the caliber of UCLA, is playing 
Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. It's either Bowling Green or Kent State. I just I'm not going to make my mind up on w- which one it is. And then it's South Alabama and Alabama State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that shouldn't be allowed. All right. Well, th- that's okay. We're we're all hopefully set. hopefully all, all right. three zero. Oh. Hold on. On the other side, we got to catch up <laughs> with our buddy Adam Kaplan, our NFL Fox Sports Radio insider. He's going to join us coming up next. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin and Jeff Schwartz here. It is Fox Sports Saturday. We could not be any more excited because, yes... We're knocking on the door of the start of the 2022 NFL season. Training camps will begin to open up to rookies and some veterans next week. And then we get ready for the start of the preseason right around the corner. Joining us right now, as he does so graciously every single Saturday, is our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider, Sirius XM NFL's Adam Kaplan. Adam, uh, a year ago... The Seattle Seahawks went from first to last in the (laughs) NFC West, and the Cincinnati Bengals went from last to first in the AFC North. Uh, Could you see any teams having that kind of fall or rise in 2022? It's funny you should say that. I'm actually putting together a list of that. I, for the folks out there, Steve and I didn't talk, so I (laughs) I didn't know he was going to go with this 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 question. You guys never submit the questions before I'm on here, but no, I actually have to do this for uh, a magazine. Mm-hmm. So, I, it, but we're, we we we're given the caveat: it doesn't have to be worst to first. It's just teams that can make the playoffs, like a wild card. Right. So here are my here are my teams. Uh, in the NFC, I've got the the Panthers as a surprise wild card. Ooh. Yes, I'm banking on Baker Mayfield there helping you this go. team. Wait, you and Jeff, and again, no conversation. Oh, that yeah. was the team Jeff said I, would have the I didn't group. know that. Okay, oh, yeah, great. There we go. Go. I yeah. like it. Okay. Yeah. I'm on it. Um, this one's going to be a surprise. This one's a little bit more of a surprise. I, I think we'll see what you, how you guys react. I've got the Commandos or the Commanders. I like the Commanders name better, I but anyway. I mentioned the Commanders. Yeah, I have them. Yeah, no. And then... Hard uh, yeah, and then in the oh, okay, that's that's fine. Okay, uh-huh. we'll get into yeah, that. I, and then in the Carson AFC, Carson Wentz on the mm-hmm. show. No, yeah. I hear you. I know you got you and I have talked about Carson <laughs> Wentz for the last couple of years. Uh, it's funny. Uh, um, someone from the Eagles actually was we, he and I were talking about how they we think he'll deal with Washington. We'll get to that. But mm-hmm. uh, the Chargers would be my team to make yep. it uh, in the AFC. And, and look, that's going to be harder. I, I do believe the AFC is a little bit tougher than the NFC this season. And, of course, that division is extremely tough. Mm-hmm. Where I've already been on record saying I'm going to pick the Denver Broncos to win that division. Wow. Okay. Let, uh, yeah. Let's stick with the Broncos then. Okay, mm-hmm. so you have Russell Wilson, who um, deserves some of the blame for what happened in Seattle as far as his play, holds the ball too long, kind of lost some sure. confidence. You have a coach who is first time uh, – 
really in charge of the whole team, right? But also has not called plays himself since it was in, in Jacksonville, which didn't go very well. He had Blake Bortles, obviously. You're switching now to a brand new offensive scheme with offensive linemen that were brought in to do something else. You have a new defensive coordinator, right? You have new parts on defense. You're playing a division with proven winners. I would slow the roll on Denver a little bit. I am not as high on them for those reasons. So I would tell you this, though, when we when we talk about Russell Wilson, yes, it is true that Russell Wilson, the thing that we don't talk about enough is what you mentioned. He made their offensive line look worse at times, no question, because he would hold on the ball. He, he's another guy, like Carson Wentz, wants to make the big play. But when Brian Schottenheimer and Russell Wilson were on the same page in 2020 before Pete Carroll took over uh, with the micromanaging, he was about to set an NFL record for most touchdown passes in a season, 28 for eight games. He was incredible. And Pete Carroll blamed Schottenheimer. He basically felt that their defense was so bad they had to take the air out of the football, which is just bad coaching. And Russell Wilson got hurt last season. He wasn't playing great before that. I'll, I'll say that. And he certainly didn't play well coming back from the finger injury. But he's in a situation where they're not going to hold him back. The head coach will actually call the plays, which is important. They're on the same page. Uh, from what I understand, they have a very good relationship already. We'll see how that develops. Yes, they have a new defensive coordinator in Denver who's calling play, defensive plays for the first time in his career, Aviro, who was a longtime assistant, pretty good D-best coach for the, the Rams. So, yeah, there, there's some changes here. But this is an outstanding roster, if you, particularly on offense. If you go through it, they're great at receiver. They're top three. They like Albert O as a, a breakout at tight end. Uh, Javante Williams is a breakout running back for them, number 33. There's a lot going on for this team. They're going to be right there. Now, it's a lot for me to pick them over the Kansas City Chiefs, but I'm willing, to, I'm willing to put my name on this one. I'm going to pick Denver over Kansas City for that division. All right, I want to get back to the AFC North, which is, to me, the most intriguing division by far right now going into the season. I know the AFC West is loaded, but the AFC North, all four of these teams are such question mark teams going into the years. Um, let's start with the Ravens right now. Uh, they lose their last six in a row. Lamar goes down with the injury. We got this controversy about his contract situation. Uh, his agent. Oh, that's right. That's him. Uh, <laughs> trying to make a deal right now. But are, are you sold that, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, the, the Ravens are still the best team in this division and they're going to have a big bounce back in 2022? Are you convinced that's that's written in stone? Well, see, Pittsburgh, you got, you got the transition at quarterback. So mm-hmm. I, I say Pittsburgh's got an upgrade at quarterback. If Trubisky yeah. can play like he did, I don't think it hurt him to sit the year in Buffalo, to be honest with you. Well, and as bad as Ben was last year, as limited as he was, I think Trubisky could be a big surprise. Well, I'll tell you, talking to the Bills, they were blown away with how, how good Trubisky looked uh, in practice. I understand as a number two quarterback, you're not going against the starters, and it's, it's still backup reps, but... They felt like he was free of mind and got out of the negativity of Chicago, and we'll see. He's in the frying pan. He, 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 he heads into training camp with a major advantage over, over uh, their first-round pick. So, yeah, I mean, Kenny Pickett's got an uphill battle, but he's going to be the long-term solution. The Bengals uh, you know, obviously shocked the world. No one saw that this coming, uh, quite frankly, other than uh, Joe Mix's agent, uh, Peter Schaefer, told me, that he actually picked them, and he had show, someone show me that uh, a text message that it was true. So okay, but that was a pretty bold pick. I don't see that uh, again. I think that's kind of one of those runner-up situations. I don't think they're going to get that done. Yeah, and Baltimore could be in a bounce-back situation. And Lamar Jackson. See, the problem guys with Lamar last year. Remember, it was the illnesses, the COVID. He just he wasn't himself last season. Uh, you know they. 
They trade Hollywood Brown at wide receiver. They're talking to my Ravens people, they don't know who's going to start opposite Rashad Bateman at, at wide receiver, so they have to figure that out. I know that's not a big deal. They don't throw the ball a lot, and their top two running backs are coming back from torn ACLs. You can't pencil them in. I'm, I'm not. Uh, that's a division where I need to see more. I, I would probably lean towards the Bengals, but I don't think it's a lock. And and then the big the the elephant in the room is how long are they the <laughs> if at all are the the Browns going to be without Deshaun Watson? That's the the, the whole key here. Let, let's say by a miracle he's not suspended, which means by the way the the NFL cannot appeal it. Well, that changes everything if somehow Deshaun Watson is not suspended. Yeah, it, it does. It does change things. You mentioned the Chiefs uh, in the in the Broncos answer. Um, yeah, they kind of feels like they switch philosophies a little bit or have a new one when it comes to paying players, right? They're going to say, "Hey, Tyreek Hill, we're giving you this much and no more." Or- Orlando Brown, you know, you and I think Orlando Brown improved a lot throughout the season. And you would look at the trade they gave, you know, the first round pick that they gave up last year, and think, "Hey, the Chiefs have to sign this guy to justify the trade." And the Chiefs said, "Look, we're giving you X amount of money." And we're not giving you any more. If you walk, you end up walking. Um, is this something, obviously, that they're consciously doing? And, and how is, will this play out for them losing Tyreek Hill and possibly their left tackle after the season? I, I think in the end it works. It will work out fine. But mm-hmm. it's bold to just say, hey, man, we're not going to overpay guys. It's what New England did for years. Well, what they did, Jeff, this, it was the structure and the guaranteed money. Right, yeah. And as a matter of fact, if the, the, the four players, but man, I – all four teams that uh, had the, tr- the franchise uh, situations go down to the deadline. The structures, talk about team friendly. That that really because Orlando Brown, they definitely wanted to get this done, but they wanted they, they wanted it favorable. They wanted it a very team st- friendly structure. Really, only two years of fully guaranteed money, and then the rest of it was fluff. Yeah, that's not going to get the job done. So look, he'll be he'll be a chief this season. They'll tw- try to work through it. They don't have a a potential. Left tackle to replace him. Garon Christian is definitely not the guy. He he completely failed with with Washington and it didn't work in Houston. So they'd have to go. They go. They'd have to go to the draft. You, you don't want to listen. We all see, saw what they did last year. Five new starters on the offensive line. They're not going to want to replace him. Uh, there's a way to work this out. And look, they have the, they have the opportunity to use the tag for a second straight year next year. But they're they're pretty excited though about their draft. Uh, they they feel good about McDuffie, Karloftis. Sky Moore, they're absolutely one of the top receivers for this draft. They've reloaded MVS at wide receiver, paying them $10 million a year, which is by far the way more than Chicago and some other teams were offering. But uh, look, there's no Tyree Kill. He's a game changer. They don't have that guy on the roster anymore. All right, you mentioned Tyree Kill. This is my first question I asked you to start the show today here, Adam. So when you look at Devontae Adams going to the Raiders and Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins, two of the absolute best wide receivers in the game, will the positive effects for the teams they join be greater or less than the impact they have on the teams they left? Well, the the impact will be, obviously, it's going to be a negative for Kansas City. It would be for any team that had him and then traded him. There's no one like him in the National Football you, you talk to defensive coaches. There aren't a lot of receivers that you absolutely have to have your eye on. You, can, you cannot let loose. Ask the Eagles about what he did when they doubled him. He beat every single double team against them last year. He single-handedly destroyed the Eagles. Yeah, he did. He's in an unbelievable football player. MVS runs well for a size Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's not even half the player of Tyreek Hill. Nicole Harbin's been a disappointment as a second-round pick. He's on the final year of his deal. It's highly unlikely he'll come back next year. 
Juju Smith-Schuster, teams are worried about one of his knees. He's more of a possession receiver now. We'll see if they can get him downfield. Sky Moore's a guy to watch out for. But if you, it's a, it's a Travis Kelsey show now and everybody else. It, it, this, they're not as good without him. That's why I think this – I know it's one player and it's the receiver – but, folks, there's just nobody like him. But does does Tyreek Hill have an impact, much as Stephon Diggs had for Josh Allen, can he have that kind of impact on Tua? On, on coverages, yes. And you know what's interesting about Tua? Most people don't know this. In fact, I, when I was given the stat, I was shocked. He's actually he, – when they let him do it, when the former staff let him do it, his, his completion percentage on passes over 15 yards was actually very good, but they rarely let him do it because he doesn't have a strong enough arm. Now, Jalen Waddle became a possession receiver with Tua because Tua doesn't throw the ball enough downfield that the coaches wouldn't let him. So you do wonder, it's not like he's going to all of a sudden have a strong arm, but you do wonder if Mike McDaniel, the head coach, will call the plays, will, will throw the ball downfield, will call plays to throw the ball downfield. Because with Waddle, who is an absolute star in the making, 102 catches that they made a possession receiver and Tyree Kill, you got to throw the ball downfield here. Now, you do it by creating space. The air yards weren't great with Jimmy Garoppolo, but the run after the catch yards were very good. I expect that to be the, the offense here. Scheme up Tyreek Hill to get open and let him run after the catch. That's going to be this passing game. The Texans uh, settled with uh, 30 accusers yeah. of Deshaun Watson. That was a pretty fast settlement. Um, what's kind of the take around the NFL with what the Texans ended up doing and, and kind of how this may or may not affect Deshaun Watson's suspension status? Yeah, let's take the latter. It, it, it's not going to because okay. it, it's not it, – it, yes, it'll be part of the information that uh, Judge Robinson gets, but this is separate. Historical precedent, uh, precedent is going to be big here. If, if Watson somehow gets off, it's the NFLPA side. Jeffrey Kessler, the lead attorney, is going to find something where the inconsistency of, of what the NFL has done, and I, we know about the Robert Kraft situation, but others where they made a mistake. And you remember the Ben Rosberger situation, uh, that was, that was uh, lowered on appeal. That was six games lower to four. So we'll see how that comes out. But, yeah, look, it, it's ugly also because – the Texans are not admitting any wrongdoing, so then you, you always ask the question, well, why did you settle? And that, that's, that's always going to be the question. When people in life settle for something and they're, they're saying they didn't do anything wrong, well, why would you settle? And that's the question. Uh, Adam, as we now get uh, ever so close to the start of the season, I feel like we need to do like, I don't know, Jeff, what do you think, three hours with him? I don't know. I mean, we could we could sit here all day and, and just hard. I'd do it. I know you will. And uh, we appre- uh, we're going we're gonna to have to figure out this extended well, time. Well, let down me the talk road. to Lee Mayock. Let's see if we can get work, work something out here. <laughs> we we could do all day. Adam, hey, hey. Abs- yes. Are you guys in L.A.? Or, or, or I could, you know, yes. when I go to Chargers or Rams camp. Oh. Maybe we can work this out. What, 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 so what is your, very quickly, what is your yeah. camp schedule here? I mean, when are you Yeah, so to- I do Chargers and Rams because they're 10 minutes from each other. That's yeah. my, I love that trip. Uh, I've, not, I've not been to see the Raiders in Vegas yet, so I'm going to try to make that. We know that's a half an hour flight or so right. uh, from L.A., Steve, as you well know. Yeah. So I'm making my, my plans now, but not, and they unfortunately over half the league has not announced their schedules yet. But okay. as soon as I find out, I'll let you know. Absolutely. And I'd love to do something with you guys in studio. That'd well, if awesome. you're in studio with us, absolutely. Now we just got to get Jeff to come from the Carolinas. But he's going to be here a lot anyway. You know, he's Mr. Yeah. Pack. Oh, you now know what, you know, Jeff? I will, yeah. I will see the Panthers, but I might actually go see him in Foxborough uh, for two days. But <laughs> so you invite I'll him to you your know. house, Jeff. You, you see what I can have Adam at the house. Adam, Adam's plenty, plenty welcome to <laughs> Can we do some of the TikToks you guys do? I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're in. Yeah, I mean, the, unfortunately... 
The Panthers are, you know, they're one of the teams that still goes away to camp. So you'll be in, you'll be in, in Spartanburg. Yeah, I was there last summer for the Perfect. first time. That was fun. Uh, Adam, you're yeah. the best, man. We appreciate right, it. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. There See he you. is, uh, Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. <sighs> Literally, could go all day. There's so See, many things that we just barely scratch the surface. Spartanburg, South Carolina, Watford College, where the Panthers have their training camp. Mm-hmm. It is so bloody hot. Yeah, like, I know. It is. I can't even it is imagine. just like. Mm. I remember a practice there, yeah. like looking up at the sun and being like, I can't believe I have to do this. Yeah, especially being <laughs> from the comfortable surroundings yeah. you were uh, raised in. Uh, Dollar Shave Club Six Blade Razor brings noticeably smooth shades with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Let's find out what's trending right now. Monsi, we did not forget about you, but we get all caught up. Oh, good. You know, in our conversation. I'm here. With, I was uh, listening. Adam. Yeah, that was it. That was an interesting conversation. I think you should have a three hour show because I mean, there's so much more. <laughs> I mean, we go rapid fire. We get, we're covering as much as we can. I know, right? In a quick amount of time. So, Well, I'm going to try to do the same thing with what's going on in baseball right now. Another game has gone into extra innings. It's the Royals and the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays have tied it. So the Royals actually, at the start of the 10th inning, Vinny Pasquantino hit a two-run homer to put them up 5-3 in the 10th inning. But now, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., of course, he had an RBI double, and they are now tied at five apiece, bottom of the 10th. They only have one, no outs, no outs. So the Blue Jays could do it, and they have a man on first base. So that's where we are, bottom of the 10th, tie game, five apiece, man on first base, no outs. Blue Jays might be able to pull this off. Some of the games that have finished, the Cardinals beat the Reds 11-3. Paul Goldschmidt hit his 300th career home run in the victory. It was the 20th homer of the season for him. He also had an RBI single. The Rockies shut out the Pirates 2-0 thanks to a couple of RBI singles from Chris Bryant and Charlie Blackman. We also had the Mets hold on to beat the Cubs 2-1 in 11 innings in game one of their doubleheader. Pete Alonso drove in both runs for the Mets with an RBI and a sack fly. The Cubs have now lost eight in a row. Again, they're going to have another game in a little bit. The Twins came out swinging early and beat uh, sorry, I was looking at this game that's going on right now. I thought they were about to win. <laughs> so the <laughs> Twins have uh, beat the White Sox 6-3 officially. Also as well, Jorge Polanco had a three-run homer early in the game. The Twins came out swinging really early. It was a uh, early early game that they won. We have a tie game between the Mariners and the Rangers, two apiece in the eighth inning. Also a tie game between the Orioles and the Rays, three apiece in the eighth inning. The Braves and the Nationals currently have a rain delay. They're in the bottom of the eighth. The Braves are beating the Nationals six to three. A little NBA news. Bleacher Report is saying that the Miami Heat are looking to acquire picks to use to a tr- to use in a trade for Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell. Now, Obviously, the the Brooklyn uh, Nets have said that they want an all-star. So this has to be more for Donovan Mitchell that they're trying to get these these picks because obviously they're not going to trade anybody big from Miami. So it's interesting that they're trying to acquire some picks. Maybe we'll see Donovan Mitchell in Miami. That would be super interesting. And what about Russell Westbrook breaking up with his longtime agent, Thad Fouché? I want to say it's how he says his name. Uh, They were together for 14 years. They have parted ways. The agent cited irreconcilable differences and suggested that there was no longer full alignment with Westbrook on whether he should remain with the Lakers for the final season of his $47 million contract. He believes that Westbrook's best option is to stay with the Lakers and embrace the role and vision that new head coach Darvin Ham has for him. It seems as though Westbrook disagrees and they have broken up 14 years later. Dun, dun, dun. Back to you guys. He got plenty of money out of Russell Westbrook. I know. I don't think he 
walks away a poor man from that uh, relationship. Monsi, great job as always. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't talk uh, at all about the latest in the NBA the, the, today because simply there's nothing new right now. Um, by the way, just getting back to our conversation there with uh, Adam in the NFL. Can I ask you a question here about franchise tags? Sure. Let me get back to the Lamar Jackson situation. All right, so he's in the final year of his deal coming up, and he's trying to get a new deal, his agent yeah. himself, trying to make a deal. If you're the Ravens right now, do you say, you know what? <clears throat> We're just going to sort of play this one out, Lamar. And uh, at the end of this season, assuming that you have a uh, representative year, but maybe not quite to where we are you know, fully invested long term. We'll, we'll give you your. You'll make forty six million dollars in twenty twenty three. You know, yeah. franchise tag. Is he the kind of quarterback? I mean, we saw this with Kirk Cousins. Obviously, yeah. he was franchise tagged twice. Close, yeah. Um, would you do that with Lamar Jackson, or you're ready to give him a Deshaun Watson, uh, two hundred thirty million dollar deal? It's a great question. Um, the reason why I think the Ravens would want to get a deal done instead of a franchise tag is it kind of sets their salary up for the next you know next four or five years. Now, of course, you know what the franchise tag is, but that number is all in one season, right? So right. Meant, what number do you say for next season? I think they're saying about forty six million okay. is what he so makes. So the cap at next year is forty six million. It's not forty. You know, it's not, it's, it's not his salary on paper is not forty six million, uh, and then obviously you know that's actually six million on the cap, right? Like it's a full. Forty-six million on the cap, which obviously doesn't help you win football games because the depth of your roster is tested, and then maybe you don't play as well. And then you have to franchise tag him again. I think they want an answer, right? Like, are 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 you staying or going? And if you're going, then we'll franchise tag you and we'll trade you somewhere, right? And that, of course, has issues as well. Um, you know, where would you go? Would someone give up two first round picks for him? Which I think they certainly would. Um, but you might get more than two first round picks. I just think that the franchise tag route, they might do it, but it's not really ideal for the Ravens. They, they, they need to get this done. But Lamar should say, hey, man, not one cent oh, not one cent under what Deshaun Watson Exactly. Got. The bar's been set. This is so, why, I mean, the, the, the Browns are so universally hated right yes. now with that deal that they gave Deshaun Watson. Because if you're Lamar Jackson, look at my resume as oh, compared yeah. to Deshaun Watson's resume. It's not even close. I, you know, they put out the uh, the top 10, um, ESPN did uh, the executive um, yeah. poll, and they did top 10 quarterbacks, and Lamar wasn't in there. Deshaun Watson was in there. And I thought to myself, like, look, you have a quarterback that's proven it on the field in Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson at times has proven it, but not the same consistency. He hasn't played in a year. Right. Like, he's not a top 10 quarterback at the moment. Maybe he will be. And, uh, but he's not ahead of Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott, not ahead of Lamar Jackson. Matt Stafford, I, I don't know. Like some of the guys that were above, they were in this top ten. I, I'm not sure are above Lamar Jackson. Um, and I just think that the Sean Watson thing, like I, I get that there's potential there, and at times he has played really well. Uh, but he also has kind of the same issues that Russell Wilson has at times. Holds the ball a little bit too long, um, and so I just think that. You know, it's it, it just we'll see what he we'll see what he is, but I'm not sure he's top ten right now. All right, what's going on the other side? What's going to happen first? Jimmy Garoppolo being traded 
or a final decision on the 2022 season for Deshaun Watson? We're going to tell you coming up next. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Steve Harvin, Jeff Schwartz, Fox Sports Saturday. I want to thank the crew today. It's great to see uh, Iowa Sands' face today. Ah, uh, yes, of course. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw your face. It wasn't. It wasn't month. more than a month ago. It's been a while. It's a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There you go. My face is here. Your face is working today. It's really good. Excellent. Uh, Monsi doing a great job as always. Just talk to Monsi. She uh, she plans on going to the All Star Game, which is of course at Dodger Stadium on uh, Tuesday. And then Danny G, Danny was like, before we got into that second segment of which teams are going to drop out of the playoffs, I went into uh, talk to him. He goes, you know, you know, Jeff's going to say the Raiders, like they're gone. And uh, and you're saying, how could they be worse with the addition of Devontae Adams? How could they be worse? And Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones. And Rocky Seen. They didn't get worse. They got better. So okay. AFC West going to be a we dog just, fight. Are we just assuming that their coach is mm-hmm. going to be a good head coach now? Uh, well, he's an amazing play caller, and he has I mean, reins of that, that offense. He's also, which, he's also been a head coach that drafted Tim Tebow, so I don't know. Like, Well, you could go I mean, back to the when Mike Shanahan was the it. coach of the Raiders, yeah. failed, and went to the Broncos. Sure. And, but and, I'm and saying, you've I mean, been hyping up the Broncos. You're all in on Hackett. I have not. I have not been hyping up the Broncos. I just said slow, I said slow down the Broncos today. <laughs> Steve's been hyping up the the. the I said slow down. I said yeah. the same you know what was interesting though is that you guys asked a question to Kaplan 
about Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. I don't even think he addressed Devontae Adams. He never Adams. did, and, no. and I sort of knew he would. He is. We, we've had Adam. We've talked plenty about Tyreek Hill. He is yeah. absolutely the mindset that, A, Tyreek Hill is like stands alone amongst wide receivers. He's going to be a huge addition to the Dolphins and a devastating loss to the Chiefs. He said that over and over again. I, so I just don't think – I just, I just don't think that the loss for the Chiefs is going to be as pronounced as we think. I, well, I just – I, you know, again, Andy Reid has called successful offenses for 15 years now, longer 15 years. Pat Mahomes has been, there's not going to be, are they going to have? Well, he said, Miko Hardman's been a bust and he's not well, going to yeah, be I, with the Chiefs. Yeah, and he I, goes, I'll, you know, Schuster is, you know, this, you know. But they have their specific roles, right? Like Juju's right. not replacing Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Um, so when, when do you remember in, in the movie Moneyball when they talked about how to replace Giambi and they said that we need th- we need three guys to do right, one guy's right, right, job, yeah, right? Yeah. Like So in this instance, you have Sky Moore and you have MVS and you have Juju to try to replace one guy's production. Like that, that, that in, in yeah, that. Yeah, but in Moneyball, what they failed to tell you is that Miguel Tejada, who was <laughs> juiced out of his mind, was the MVP that year. And they also had the three best starting pitchers in the American League. Fair. Never I, mentioned I, I, in the movie. Uh, yeah, very Zito was, was not in the movie, was Okay, he? so let me ask you this. What's going to happen first? A decision by the judge in the Deshaun Watson situation. Yes. Or Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded by the 49ers, which has been reported now, could happen in the next couple of weeks. Who is who's going to, to trade for him right now? <laughs> well, like you know, Deshaun, did, Deshaun did you Watson's hear what uh, our buddy uh, Mark Willard said? He said the team that could make a trade for him is the Cleveland Browns. Like well, somehow he would that, accept less money. It would be interesting because he'd be competing with Jacoby Brissett, former teammates of the Patriots, that maybe they could work a deal so the, for him depending on the Deshaun Watson situation. So the Browns would be paying Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Deshaun Watson. Well, but they would but they would get Garoppolo yeah. to give money back like <laughs> Baker Mayfield did with the Panthers. It's all crazy, but that's why you're listening to us right now. Just keep it right here. This is Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? 
Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.